Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. All right, what is up, Gypsy Gang? We're back for another episode of the Motocross Companion. Uh, We're going to be talking about the third round of the AMA Motocross Championship, uh, which was Colorado. Uh, this week we decided to do something a tiny bit different. Uh, we got Jesse Dobson and Nathan Crawford, uh, in the studio to talk about the racing, but we sort of ended up talking, um, just about more moto sort of stuff in general. Uh, so it's a pretty cool episode. Uh, both of these boys are on the Australian national championship, uh, which is, uh, sort of halfway through their series at the moment. Jesse Dobson is a privateer in the 450 class. Uh, he's been doing really, really well. Uh, he got sick at Murray Bridge, which he talks about. But up until then, um, yeah, one of the best, uh, just not even the best privateer in the field, but just basically one of the best riders in the field for this championship. Uh, Nathan Crawford is in the lights class riding for Circo Yamaha. And he uh, had a bit of a rough start to the season with some injuries, which we talk about. Uh, but it was really cool just to get their insight uh, into this year's motocross championship in both the AMA uh, and then talking about some of the Aussie stuff as well. Uh, So yeah, pretty fun episode and uh, really stoked that they were able to join us. Before we get into it though, just want to say a uh, big thank you to our awesome sponsors that support this show and make the wheels turn uh, on uh, on this whole Gypsy Tales wagon. Uh, first of all, just want to give a shout out to the guys at MX Store. Uh, they have been an awesome supporter of this MX Companion. Uh, really great fit for us. They are basically the best uh, online store for motorcycle uh, accessories in Australia. Uh, they've got a retail outlet in Burley as well, which is where their headquarters is. So um, if you're on the Gold Coast uh, and local, then you can just head into the store, try on a bunch of stuff. They've got a good showroom and an awesome team there that can help you uh, get whatever you need. We are about to do a project bike build with them. Uh, for anyone that's been listening to the show for a while, I torched our Screaming Eagle CR250 last year at the Mackay 8 hour and I haven't fixed it yet Uh, so we're actually going to turn this into a project bike for Day in the Dirt which is pretty cool and that's all through the guys at MX Store it's also going to feature our next sponsor Rival Inc Uh, they're going to be taking care of all of our graphics needs they take care of all of our stuff in general Uh, anytime any one of us or one of our friends needs graphics that is who we go through Uh, namely Guys like Jackson Richardson, who didn't have a sponsor, and then we went through Rival. They hooked him up for New Zealand, and then they're going to be a part of his program for this year. And Harry Bink, uh, when he didn't have a graphic sponsor, those boys stepped up. So they're like well and truly in our family. This isn't just an ad. Those 
boys are they're on our team and we're on their team um and it's pretty cool that we have that kind of relationship uh you can head to uh rivalinkdesignco.com and if you put in the code gypsy gang you're gonna get 15 percent off uh next I'd like to thank the legends at Nobbies, and if you're listening to this, you're probably into motocross, uh, like myself. Whenever I ride, I am always wearing my Nobby long legs. They're a perfect uh, length to not ride up, which is kind of uh, one of the first sort of requirements. They'll sort of stick around uh, on your legs like they're supposed to, and they meet uh, pretty perfectly where your knee brace socks go if you wear knee braces. Um, yeah, these guys are full moto at the core and we love it uh they're antibacterial and moisture wicking um so yeah in terms of riding they definitely tick all of the boxes uh nobby is a subscription underwear service so for just 20 dollars a month you uh can sign up to the nobby nation and bang every month fresh duds for you to moto uh, and to do that, all you've got to do is go to nobbyunderwear.com.au, takes bugger all to sign up, and you'll be a part of the Nobby Nation, and you will also be supporting the Gypsy Gang. Um, and then, yeah, last sponsor is Boost Mobile. Uh, without these guys, uh, our job would just generally be a lot harder. We use their data um, while we're on the road to upload podcasts. Obviously, all of our social media stuff is run through their data network uh, which is also shared by the uh, well it is on the telstra 4g uh, network they have access to the full network which are the only prepaid uh, provider other than telstra that has that you can head to boost.com.au get yourself a sim card for two bucks transfer your number for free and uh, start enjoying the cheapest best data packs uh, in prepaid in australia all right that's it thank you to our sponsors thank you to all of our listeners don't forget to follow us on at gypsy tales podcast on instagram there is a video version of this podcast at youtube uh, just search gypsy tales podcast in there that'll come up you can like and subscribe which would help us out a bunch um and if you're stoked on these a positive itunes review would also help us out all right no more from me thank you very much uh really really appreciate jesse and nathan coming in to the podcast uh to the studio to do this podcast Right, oh, we are here today doing the motocross companion. It's a bit of a late one, but we had reason to wait because we had a uh, couple uh, Aussie pinners, Jesse Dobson, Nathan Crawford, have uh, made the trip up from the sunny coast to jump on the potty with us, boys. What's happening? No, not a lot. Thanks for having us. Did yeah, you Did you enjoy your uh, first Wahoo's feed? Yeah, it wasn't bad, eh? I, um, yeah, it was fucking pretty interesting. Been meaning to go there for ages, and I always see Harry and everyone there, so yeah, it was good. You've been there before, eh? Yeah, yeah, not my first radio down there. Yeah, <laughs> that's sick. All right, so we, um, yeah, you guys sort of know what we do here. We just kind of just try and, like, re- re-look at some of the stuff from the uh, past round. So, obviously, we just had... Um, Colorado, we just had the first moto on because you boys uh, don't. You, do you follow it like a lot? Like you were saying, you don't follow it as much. Like I, yeah, like I follow it, but like I always look at results and lap times and different things like that because um, I'm always interested. But like, yeah, I can't. I never ever sit there and just watch a 30 minute moto. I we do 30s at the track, so the last thing I want to do is really go home and then watch another 30 minute moto. So, um, but yeah, like I follow it and you know nato does as well i guess and but yeah i never sit there and watch a full moto though no way do you just watch supercross more than motocross out of curiosity yeah i think uh i'll, I'll probably maybe watch i'll watch one of the 250 motos 
and I'll watch um, one of the 450 motors in the motocross. But Supercross definitely easier to follow. You know, yeah. it's only it's a little bit more interesting as well, I reckon. It's a bit more dramatic too. Like when we were doing this show for um, the Supercross stuff, it's just like, it just was so easy to talk about. Yeah, shit, you know, there's like, just that much going on all yeah, the time. Just more storylines and stuff to yeah. follow. Um, but with that being said, like, I feel like I always still enjoy when it goes outdoors. Yeah, outdoors is sick. Like, like I reckon the grind for outdoors, and you know, there's only so much supercross that you can watch. You know, the whoops start getting a bit old and everything yeah. like that. You get a bit sick of it, but and you do so. There's so many laps, but motocross, it's always changing and stuff like that. So it's yeah, it's, it's exciting, and it's because what we do all year long. So it's kind of yeah. like we get to compare a little bit more. But um, yeah, I definitely, I think supercross is probably a little bit more interesting because it's like even when we race it there's so much that goes on like it's so gnarly and intense and like there's that much like what will happen in one lap of supercross maybe happens over like 15 20 minutes of motocross like it's so different but um so what kind of stuff like the way the bike's moving no like 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 people battle like battles or moments or whatever it is or you know that you might have that uh, you know, you might swap swap positions three times in one lap in yeah. Supercross, and that could happen like in five laps in a row. Where Motocross, you know, it's very rarely where we're swapping backwards and forth that much. It's kind of like more of a chess match, I'd say. With Motocross, you know, you kind of wait, you got more time, yeah. you pick your spots. So, um, yeah, it's kind of, I guess that's where Motocross can get a little, you know, not as interesting as Supercross, probably, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's what I find anyway. Has it been better now that we've got Hunter and then we've got Dean, we had Todd over there, we had Wilson that did those couple of rounds? Like, is that what makes you guys pay a little bit more attention as dudes that race here? Yeah, for me, definitely. Um, like, because we're racing Wilson here at the moment this year. Yeah. Um, like, watching how he goes when when he goes over there, it's definitely like, you know, we can compare ourselves a little more. Yeah. Where Hunter's been in europe now for a bit and then he's gone to america now so it's like it's harder to you know to see where we'd fit in yeah but now that wilson's there and um you know like i've been racing him this year so far and and you know even just all us guys in the 250 class can just see maybe where we would fit in to that group so it's pretty cool and i yeah i definitely think i follow it a lot more now um with there's a lot of uh, aussies in the group at the moment so it's it's pretty cool to see yeah it's been it's been sick to like yeah get up and like want to see how dudes are doing and especially like did you just catch hunter in the second moto at uh parlor did you yeah see i i think yeah everyone kind of saw it i mm. think like we were yeah. watching that but like, uh, he was the fastest dude like he left ac yeah ac and ac's the fastest well, yeah, other yeah, yeah he, like, he's the he's the big dog so that was pretty pretty crazy to see it would have been awesome to see if hunter you know if he didn't crash how that moto would have panned out between the two of them or whether hunter was gonna leave him like it would have been pretty cool to see what happened there well the laps before um dude like hunter looked so good and he looked so in control like he didn't look like he was uh going out of control to like pull that gap up on adam he looked really good doing it he he was solid in that moto like i like i watch it and i look at technique and stuff and i compare a lot um with other riders and yeah he rode solid in that moto um, he looked technical he, right. he he had it like he just had the track figured out and he had it dialed and he was just there's get some days you get to a point where 
you're so comfortable doing that speed and everything's clicking and it was just clicking like that's that's how it looked it just he felt like it looked like he was so comfortable doing that speed and it was just clicking along and he wasn't using heaps of energy he was pretty relaxed in spots and he looks like he could have done that that pace all day yeah um like really um and then it was weird the way that he crashed because it looked like he was so and so the the lap that he crashed it looked like he didn't get that timing to where he doubled all the way over that hill yeah he was one of the few riders doing that too yeah it, it looked like anyway just from the videos and that yeah but, they, um, they kind of had like a different rhythm they could kind of pop up over the top and then people kind of go on like on off it um but yeah i don't know he's he he just i think it just caught him like just a little bit too much lean angle and it's just yeah washed out it it just does it though and that dirt is funny like it looks like it's kind of odd so yeah have um, you rode there before no i've never ridden there like i've gone Dude, it's the nut like the weirdest dirt eh? it's, like it's it's like heavy and the ruts like everything about it it looks like it, it's one of those weird tracks that looks rides so much different to what it looks it's crazy well we have like there's like tracks like that here um like for us like people go and for example i like to say my bridge everyone goes oh it looks sick the dirt's sick but it's actually like i i dread that place i go there and i hate it from the start of the day to the end because it's actually so slick like it looks awesome but it's got the slipperiest base and it shifts and the way you hit the dirt like um it's so heavy like probably similar to like what you're saying with parlor um but yeah like it, it looks start of the day you're like this looks this sick mid, yeah. like looks awesome you get out there and you're like was this even the same track like Coolum's another track that's kind of like different to what you'd think eh? it's getting better i think like we've been doing a fair bit there now and it's just like wet, we've had a lot of wet weather and whether yeah, or not true, like eh? the hard base is just getting softer or whatever but it's pretty fluffy there at the moment like we've been like 250 around there it's pretty hard you got to keep the momentum going like yeah, the thing right. struggles but it's pretty good Dude, I, I've done races there where it just it it looks like sand and the roost is hitting you like sand, but it's just like riding a hard pack mm. track with whoops in it. Like, yeah, it's definitely does get like that. Like, it's so it's sandy, but then it's like slick, like it's got a hard base and it will just catch you off guard. Like, it's not even like the sand moves under you. It's like you're actually sliding on something that's hard underneath. Yeah, yeah. That. It's like it's got an edge. It's so weird that place. But when it's yeah, I don't know. There's like you get locals that ride there all the time and they'll be so fast at Coolum because they just know the, yeah, dirt, they know the dirt and they're just used to the bike moving under them and working underneath them and it, they just feel comfortable at it and you go there and you know some days you're like man who's this guy he's gone nearly as fast as me and you're like Fuck it, no I need to pick up the pace you know but um yeah it's just one of those places I think so it's just like surfers dude like you get some guys that just know like those heavy surf spots and they're, they're nobodies and then you could get any tour dude that goes out there and like this guy will, there'll just be a dude in the lineup that's like a local 40 year old guy that'll just get fucking barreled off his yeah. head and everyone yeah. was like who is this dude yeah he just knows it just yeah, knows just how it knows, works yeah, yeah knows how it goes um you both grew up with hunter really like is it do you remember like a lot of him as a kid or i yeah like because i he was on the sunny coast and i was on the sunny coast as well um and he i've got a younger brother and he's the same age as um hunter so they always used to race um and hunter was good like i like i would see him at the track all the time and we actually rode together one of like the sand tracks i've been riding lately my one of the private ones i've got 
Is that um, what you've been posting on Instagram? Yeah, like, that, that, that place one. looks fucking sick. Yeah, it's mm. awesome. Like, it's hard work. Like, he, I took him there the other week and he hated Can life. Confirm, it, didn't like it at he the start. Was, he was sitting there going, this is shit or I feel <laughs> shit. And he was pulling off because I was wiping the floor with him. And then, <laughs> but yeah, now he's going, oh, this is sick. I love it now. So, yeah, um, yeah it's a tough place. But um, yeah, riding with Hunter, like, like, I yeah I guess I rode with him and saw him a lot growing up and stuff like that it kind of it's cool to see how far he's gone and the opportunities he's had um and they've made it happen like they yeah they packed everything up um you know they sold everything and they left and you know I I wish that I could do that like I wish that I I had not the opportunity like they made it happen um but I definitely wish I could have done that you know with my family and everything like that but you know it's just different circumstances it just sometimes doesn't work and um did you do a lot of stuff in the states though when you were young I went to the states so I won the KDM cup and when I was really young oh when I was like 12 I think um and that was kind of like you win a trip to go do the world minis yeah, yeah. and that was kind of like the world titles at the time um well that was that's in vegas, eh? yeah, yeah in vegas every year and i went over there and that um fucked. yeah that was I, I actually wrote it i don't know i wrote it i wrote good there but um yeah it's average as it was pretty terrible um and i ended up getting third and that was like a big deal um and like I was pumped and whatever but that was one time I went and I think we went for like three weeks and then I went another time and I was going to do Loretta's um, but it was just me and mum that went and I was like 14 um, I went and did a qualifier and I raced like guys like Jordan Smith and all these like different yeah, guys yeah. Like, they were, like they were fast um, I think you know maybe when I went to the regional I think like I remember there was this big tall guy on a Yamaha I think uh, 125 and their bikes were so fast compared to mine um, and I'm pretty sure like it was Plessinger like there was yeah. guys out there that you know AC was racing um, is he older or younger he's older than me but he was riding super mini because yeah. those guys all kind of I was 14 riding 125 but they're all 14 15 riding super mini still but yeah you know over here it's a little different um, and yeah AC was racing and he was unbelievable to watch and i remember just like he was parked not far from me um you know probably a couple of hundred like a hundred meters away and every race he'd win and every race he come in it wasn't good enough yeah. his old man was going off like off i couldn't believe it and like he was racing cooper webb and he was his main competition like yeah. webb was on a 150 154 yeah. show um i think it was a roach i think yeah and um yeah it was like AC was smoking him and it just wasn't good enough. And I remember hearing it and I'm just like, man, that poor kid. Like yeah. I, I had it tough growing up. Like we've all had it tough. You know, we don't get here by getting now, you know, telling you, you know, being told you're riding great every day, little Johnny, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, we have it tough and man, he had it tough. Like, yeah, he was getting fed. Um, but yeah, I've, so I've been to America twice, but I've done like New Zealand a couple of times and stuff like I that. I thought you did more stuff when you were younger. No, I wish I did, but like I, and I would have, yeah, um, yeah. It's, but it's just funding, like funding. Yeah. That's it. And you know, I feel like nowadays too, like, cause I mean, you know, we grew up racing, like I've, I'm obviously yeah. older than you boys, but it was all the same sort of time. Like I probably would have been on like 250F when you guys were like riding 60s and shit. Yeah, probably. But it's like, back then it felt so far away to go to america mm. but nowadays it just doesn't feel 
as big a deal, eh? Like, you see, like, the, the yeah. commies now. Just the world feels like a smaller place. Man, there's kids, like, every second kid on the sunny coast, I swear. Not every second, you know, but, like, I'm seeing kids left, right, and center going to Millsaps and going to the States and doing this and doing that. And, like, back in the day, you know, you never really heard no. of anyone doing that. Um, but, yeah, like... I, I don't I don't even know how half the people can afford to do it like Millsaps that's not cheap going over and doing that and like, that is in the middle of nowhere bro like, that's, that's yeah, like a complete that's just, uh, yeah like not even in the same world nah it's man nah like cause I like the, going to South, Southern California like it's accessible because yeah. the tracks like like parlor would be an hour and 45 minutes from LAX yeah like, it's, it's not, not that far. big a deal mm-hmm. Millsaps is like dude it's in the middle of nowhere it's bro. like another two flights because i went to when i went the second time when i was on 125 we went to alabama and i was staying in huntsville there um and it was like in it's like another 12 hours of travel just to get over to that side like in alabama's not like where i was was only like i think i think it was maybe five hours from Millsaps or something like that like it's mm. a it's kind of it's like the state over or something yeah, again yeah like getting over there like getting to LA is easy but then it's like you've got another three two or three flights to get over there and before you're even there and then yeah. you know you gotta get to the place and it's crazy and you know the flight from here to LA is it's like 12 hours or whatever maybe yeah. is it 12 like 4, 13, 14 yeah something like that and then you've like you gotta have a layover and you're waiting for more flights it's gnarly to go yeah Millsaps that far yeah have you done much over there no, I've been a couple of times, but not really for any racing or anything. It's, it's a goal of mine to get there. Yeah. Obviously, it's just hard work getting there, but I've, I've been there a few times. I, I went there the start of last year, I think it was, and tested a cycle trade Yamaha just, just for some um, like engine development here for oh, our team. Yeah. Um, but Who yeah, does their engines? Uh, I think it's Yoshimura. Oh, okay. I've got some. Oh, well, that's a big part of it. I know yeah, that much. Yeah. But I don't. That obviously, yeah, we didn't ask too many questions. We just got to ride the bike and we got a few little specs here and there and we were just testing things like throttle bodies and, and air boots and stuff like that. So, yeah. But I haven't, I'd like, gone over there to do any racing yet. <clears throat> I remember you went over there and you done that. It looked, um, that looked sick. You just got to ride, mm, where'd you ride? Milestone? Yeah, we rode Milestone. We rode their uh, Supercross race bike. We rode that around a motocross track with Supercross suspension. That would have been sick. I remember yes. seeing that. At least Milestone's <laughs> not that rough. <laughs> it was so Milestone. bad. Dude, I remember we went to Parlour one day and it was like uh, after the National and I was with Hanny and he rode his Supercross race bike because he didn't do motocross and it was fucking so rough dude well that and like it was a joke watching him ride it he was getting hosed by everybody milestone has like an amateur sx track if that's what you want to yeah. call it and we ended up i ended up just going over there and just riding that because it was just like so it was too much yeah like they had a set of whoops and a few triples and jumps you could hit so that was all right was the motor good though yeah it was it was strong like it was it took me by surprise still it kind of it kind of felt like it had a, a grunt or like a, of a 350 like it yeah. was it was pretty pretty intense but um it was sick it was good to see like what you could get out of a yamaha like you know what i mean out of a 250 well they can run such good fuel over there yeah, yeah they reckon that's the that biggest difference makes a massive difference yeah. hey? dude yeah. the the jdr race shop like you used to go in there and you'd just get fucking high from walking in there like we had like the sickest race gas dude mm. and like every time the bike started just as soon as you crack the throttle you just smell the gas and like, they're so responsive as well like yeah. it's the fuel over there is good like i think that's what makes a big difference with here that's probably the biggest difference yeah. in the fuel but i don't think it would make sense to like 
have that rule here because then it's like dude then then what like you're yeah. struggling to get to races as it is yeah that's imagine right. if there's like some dude that's getting a massive advantage yeah of fuel fuel mm. yeah like it it makes sense and over there it's just so much cheaper too like that was oh, in general that was the so first cheap. thing i noticed when i went there just like first time i ever went to america we went to a practice track and um just just smelling the fuel like when yeah. the bikes are running around even just just joe's yeah just average joe's that are just at the supercross track practicing they're not even they might not even be rocking up to anaheim but they got the best fuel in the business and i was just like man what is going on yeah it's, it's pretty crazy it eh? smells awesome too like especially when you go to like you smell two strokes like you know when you smell two strokes yeah. and you're like oh that's sick and you smell with a bit of race gas you're like oh it's even better but over there the four strokes have that same thing yeah mm. and then it's like when you like even at, when i was doing like a couple of the amateur races like you've got all two strokes on the start line you know in schoolboy one or two or whatever it may be and um the smell is just unbelievable it's yeah, sick. It's crazy yeah. it, if you stood behind it, it almost like you know you go to a drag you know uh, yeah it's like to, on a speedway yeah, yeah and you know the fuel almost like burns your eyes it's almost similar to that it's, it's crazy. crazy yeah, yeah. Could, I mean, you, could you imagine if that it was like that at aussie national beer i remember the first time i smelled rufiel over here and i thought that thing that was the shit and yeah. i went there and i was just like man what the fuck yeah they're on, on? they're on the good gear <laughs> that's what i was like too i think i I got a bike. I ran in Rue for the first time. Everyone, I'd never even heard of it, and I ran it in. What's that? Is that what everyone uses here? Yeah, VP one hundred, yeah. Rue one hundred. Oh yeah. Um, and where were we? We were at Lakes Junior Aussies, and I remember we had a tin of it there, and it was like three hundred dollars or something. We we're like, man, this. Want to hope this does something. Put in my bike, and I couldn't believe it. I like in a two show. I thought it was awesome, and I remember a couple of americans having it not too many people but yeah it made a massive difference in the two strokes so I'd, it'd be crazy to see what those ones like you know the feel that they run over there how much of a difference if you could run it here and like back to back it yeah like see the difference i reckon it'd be crazy it'd be it'd blow you away but yeah well, then you can run like you run higher octane fuel then you can run more compression yeah which means you can like that's, that's where you start to feel like that grunt but it sort yeah. of all comes off the back of that fuel yeah that's what allows them guys over there to have their bikes so fast like those yeah. geico bikes and even those tld bikes and stuff they those 250s are rocket ships mm. like if you speak to dan reardon and stuff like that he'll tell you how fast those star yamaha bikes are like mm. they're as fast as a 450 and that's why those 250 guys go in supercross their lap times will be sometimes faster than the 450 guys because the bike's lighter it's mm. got just as much power yeah, same amount of power yeah and they can turn the things like under the four like a 450 is they're they're so hard to turn sometimes a 250 you can just get in and out stay lower mm. and that's where they get their time that's where they're going faster and you're just like man how's that how are you thinking you know more power is going to be faster but it's sometimes it's not the case it's and they're just running them on like a full red line too yeah like the pc bikes a lot they're doing one race and mm. there was a, there was times where the pc dudes would be changing they'd do like uh practice qualifying heat race and then they'd be change, changing engines for the mains well, and shit i remember they were doing i think i remember hearing that in outdoors they were, yeah, doing, they were that. doing it in between first yeah, and second remember, moto. yeah yeah first and second moto if it was like a tough tough like you know the moisture like, or whatever yeah, or the yeah. bike was well, like under a lot of load do it. yeah like southwick they'd do it yeah. Yeah. yeah just fresh engine for the second motor no worries budget bruh <laughs> man i wish i had some of that budget oh yeah <laughs> so um, with like when you see what um for you boys like you both obviously would want to get overseas at some point 
what what's the route to take now like with everyone doing europe and europe going well but then you go like you go straight to the u.s like where do you both see as like the most i guess the easiest way to get to america would be just to go to america but like what's going to set you up better for a career there you think well i think like i personally think having hunter and like wilson and that go and show or even just get their foot in the door helps us as well because they're opening the doors or the eyes to those people over there to see us like we you know we're not um underrated or something if that's what you want to call it so i think that's definitely helping but it's honestly it's just a grind like you got to just almost be annoying and you know they like just get onto people or even just do what wilson's done like i think um if you if you can do it and you got the money or or the support or or not even the support because wilson didn't really have any to go there he just he just, just yeah he just started pulling money out of his pocket and he went and did it and yeah. now he's done three rounds well he's about to start doing three rounds of tld so like yeah sometimes you just gotta take the lunge and go for it i reckon i think you've got to be seen over there as well like you know you've got to take the risk and pack up and go yeah. um you know if you've got the money there i don't see why well it's worked for ferris this year yeah i don't see why people you know there's people that make money in the sport in australia you know when you're winning and stuff like that if you're making that money i know what i'd be doing i'd be turning it straight around like it's nice to have money and everything but if your goal is to go to america i'd be straight going going to america like you yeah. know going over there you can do it on a budget it's cheap over there i've looked at it um and you know just being seen like, that's what wilson did he went there had a little bit of help at um round one you know had a bike there and stuff like that and just got out there and done his thing and you know he's seen at the practice track during the week like he was riding with anderson and webb and you know those guys you know you hang it's i think once you're there and you're getting seen i said uh, you know that's when opportunities come about you know and that's what's obviously happened with him um but yeah i just think you just got to take you know with europe europe's hard you've got to have yeah that's not easy to do that no i've heard heard that that. so also a grind eh? just so many different things to take on at this at once it's well i I love caleb and like he grew up yeah like grew up with all of us boys and like as soon as he went to europe if like if you're not on a factory team like if you're not on ktm Mm -hmm. if you're not on husky if you're not on one of those teams like don't fucking go to europe yeah well that's because like it fucked brendan harrison's career Mm -hmm. you know like everyone has sort of come back and forward and you hear like even hunter man he didn't get paid from that honda team that he like was getting podiums for him yeah you know getting race wins like it's not it's a good place to go if you've got the support and that's why like oh mitch is surprised the hell out of me dude because like townley said that bike's a fucking turd yeah like he's like and he's not a small boy no no he's like that's not a good team that's not a good bike and he's a big motherfucker Mm. so it's like he uh, he's killing it like mm. the way that he's making it work but you guys have both raced him like that dude's a dog with a bone yeah it's it's yeah it is so surprising because when he was here like he obviously had a really good year last year here in a 450 but the year before that when he was riding for circa he wasn't he obviously got good results but he wasn't a standout 250 rider so it's yeah he so was surprising he to was see. you know it was he was good he's always been good but it wasn't like he was you know lighting the world on fire on 250s that year before um so for him to go 450 last year and do good i was like that surprised me um and then you know he he was riding awesome but then to go back to a 250 and you know it might not be the best bike out there and he's still 
getting good results and being solid as like that's pretty surprising and he's never even done it before and i don't even know who's helping him like i don't know if mitch is just winging it you know the teams over there can only help you so much yeah. but you need to have good support behind you and like a bit of guidance as well when you're going and doing that because there's so many different countries and stuff um you yeah you definitely it's almost like you've got to have your um you know you've got to have everything lined up and in place for it to work otherwise you might as well like you're just gonna waste your time and that's when i think people are coming back and going you know they get they get sold the dream and then you know they get an atlas when they go over there and it's hard because you know we don't know what the teams are like over there so when you know we could hear it's a lot easier to like hear the chatter from the states yeah than it is over there yeah and you know there's different language over there it's crazy but mitch is mitch is doing sick this year over there it's insane eh um but yeah i don't think i think it's just his fucking attitude man like he's just one of those dudes eh like when you're around him like he just doesn't give a fuck like he's never given a fuck if like you're not supposed to do something He's just like, I don't know, he's just one of those kids. And I feel like there's some people where everything needs to go right for it to work. Mm. And then there's other kids where it's like almost the more that goes wrong, the better they are. And yeah. I feel like Mitch is kind of like that sometimes. Well, I'm good. I'm good friends with his brother, Richie, and I can see how that would, how his personality yeah. would, would work. Because he's a little asshole. Richie, like, yeah. That in like, yeah, in like the in way that way. you need to be. Yeah, you know? like, like I see the same thing with Richie. Like, yeah, hang, I'm hanging out with him and then he's just like, he just lives a I don't really give a fuck attitude sort of thing not in a bad way but like just with like with different things like with things that doesn't really matter if you don't give a fuck not with his like how he treats people or whatever yeah yeah but just like he just you know, they live get to him. yeah and they obviously they're from Cairns too which is kind of like I, I've been to Cairns and it's I couldn't live there like it's so <laughs> weird like yeah, but and they grew up there so I can see how it would you know how adapting to different things would yeah you know, help mitch over there so it was crazy for us so like that was the that was our crew like it was me it was todd it was yeah jats it was um the evans boys wilson was there so like wade hunter like none of us fucking knew what was going on yeah like we were all like we'd all go to the races we'd travel to everywhere and it was like no one really knew mm. and it just it, it's so even caleb you know but there was such a crazy little group of guys up there that uh, it's it's still a really cool story of like that whole kind of crew that came out and like you know mitch and wilson like you go to any cans club day and you'd see mitch and wilson lapping everybody four times and got but that was the battle for the national championship every single year yeah was those two like either one of them would win the national so it's like every weekend they were racing the nationals against each other but mm-hmm. it was just at a club day yeah just club days and like yeah so i think i think there is like something to that like when you live out there it's so isolated it's mm-hmm. like all the tracks like jats's dad was the one that really i think kept everyone together because he'd make the tracks yeah all right i remember hearing about that like back yeah in the day. like I, yeah you, it was and it was just like you guys up there and then um yeah you just wouldn't wouldn't see any of yours like i was actually te- I, I was teammates with Todd and Juniors yeah um, Motorex eh? yeah Motorex like he was a lot older than me um, but yeah you never see him you just come down race and then go back and yeah. that was it then they just done their thing and I guess that's where they just don't they get their attitude that they don't really care what anyone thinks and they'll do what you know what what they think you're not gonna you know it's not that they're stubborn or anything like that but they're just 
I think it's just isolation. Yeah. Like, you guys were around the industry so much yeah. as kids. And, like, you especially, like, you were the, you know, like, the poster boy for that Motorx KTM team. And it was almost like you and then Brendan Harris. You were, like, the next sort of big... And then Ty yeah. and Todd. Yeah, it was, like, it was, what, yeah, Todd, Ty. Oh, it was, like, Brendan Harrison, um, Todd, Ty, and then me. And, like, yeah. to get on Motorx back then, it was... Man, I try we tried everything to get on it like i try to win everything as much as i could and it took years to get on that team and then like once you got on it it was like a big thing yeah. um but then it kind of, i think it's all it's all changed now because you know you see everyone's a factory rider now in yeah. the like in juniors and stuff like i see it now everyone's a factory rider or everyone's saying this or doing that or doing that but back in the day it was like there was like a legit team yeah if you like to be everyone there wasn't any teams or anything but if you were on a team it was a team like it was proper and you were getting a lot of stuff and it was a big thing but yeah now it's yamaha it's It's pretty much just yamaha now he's got a team like in the still have his team i'm pretty sure yeah but there's there's like a kdm queensland team then there's a factory motor x team as well now and that's kind of going back to the old ways like it's kind of still have his team because his team was pretty legit well i so i rode for maca that one year and it was like it was good, but it was there was like almost too much going on. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, it's still just juniors. Like we're still kids. Like you yeah. can't. It's not a team. Yeah, it is a team, but it's not like you can't run it as a business, a junior team. Yeah. Like you know, in his like, for himself, you know, you can't run it as a business or anything like that. So, um, yeah, it's kind of it's almost like volunteer work. So it wasn't. Yeah, unless it's coming from the factory. It's yeah, it wasn't as, you know, it wasn't as legit, let's say, as, you know, when it was just like Todd, me, Ty. Yeah. Um, not like that. But now it's kind of going back to that. Because I, uh, I helped one kid up at Sunshine Coast, um, Jed Allsop, and he rides for the factory team and um, like the f- factory junior motor X team. And um, it's kind of going back to the old ways. Like as one from kind of not each state but one here one there one there and you've got it to get on that team yeah you got to be winning titles um so it's kind of cool it's going back that way but um yeah but you go in the pits now and everyone's a team yeah, like every there's team here team there factory, team there yeah and they're like it's not like they're you know it's everyone wants to be factory but it's not that they're wannabes but it's like a yeah little bit, you know what i mean mm-hmm. i know what you're saying right let's talk about colorado because we've gone we're going to um <laughs> Let's go to the results. Full results. Um, what uh, What was your from your little takeaway from just watching that bit of um, bit of the first moto that we sort of were watching before? Kenny's on. Kenny was on, wasn't he? Kenny's yes. definitely sorted his sickness out. I reckon. It's, yeah, I don't know what's going on there with these um, with his sickness, but it seems to be gone. But and he's saying that you know he's he's feeling good, but he's not where he wants to be so i yeah. think everyone you know when he gets to where he wants to be i think everyone's dangerous yeah i just be in trouble. I wonder though like with kenny if it's like actually just a not like an excuse but like he sort of still has a bit of room to play with after the crash and after everything that's sort of gone on these last couple of years like i feel like he can still say that and we're going to believe him but I don't know, like, I've got I've got super high expectations of him. And mm-hmm. I just think Eli's... Uh, I think Eli is a stronger outdoor rider at the moment. Definitely. But I think that the thing with Eli, and, like, maybe you guys can shed some light. This is 
because I get asked all the time, like, why does Eli always crash? And, you know, like, because he's either fucking hero or zero. Mm. And I, I think that he has one style. He basically wraps the throttle fucking wide open mm. and then he doesn't let go until the moto's done. Well, and yeah. that works on some tracks and it doesn't work on others. Yeah, it's like he, it's like he doesn't have an 80 or 90%. It's just no. 110 yeah. all the time. And then when he tries to do the 80 or 90%, it's just like he's laying on the ground yeah like he, he just can't i don't think he can you know mentally back it down and be able to put a race together it's like he backs it down and then you know something happens like things it's start happening yeah yeah it's like things, the focus kind of almost goes away a bit or you just yeah. maybe yeah like just not 100 percent focused and then that's when like that that weird crash when um first round of supercross last year when he was winning and he was just out front by like nine seconds and yeah you know he might have he might have just gone oh i'm just gonna fucking cruise around or just you know yeah maintain and then that's when it just that's when you have a brain fight and just cartwheel i think i think he i reckon he worries about everyone else maybe a little bit too much he needs to just like because there's times when he's out in front and he rides to the you know i know people there's like there's this there's an arg like there's this there's always argument you know you get out in front and you be smart and just bring it home to the yeah. end and you know ride it if you can ride at 90 percent and win do you do that or do you race yourself to the finish line and you know you not race yourself but you keep focusing on yourself and not the other people because i think yeah and not change the game plan yeah you know i think motor, yeah. yeah i think as soon as you start going oh okay i'm out front um, I can back it down a little bit because I'm winning. Start making mistakes and your, shit starts happening. Your focus has already shifted to the other, you know, your competitors because yeah. you're going, oh, I can back it down because I'm beating everyone. But, you know, and that's when you start thinking about everyone else. But if you're just out in front and you're just going, okay, I'm just going to race myself. I'm going to, you know, lap times on the pit board. I'm going to make sure I keep hitting my marks, ticking those boxes, hitting well, that same lap time. That's what you say, dude, over and over, just hit my marks, hit my marks. Yeah. Like all he cared about was a lap time. Yeah. And, you know, that's the, you know, I think that's, he's focused, you're focused on yourself then when you're just, you know, racing yourself. Where if you're racing, you, you're out in front and you're like, oh, I've got a comfortable lead. I can back it down you're starting to think about everyone else then because you're going, oh... Like managing a gap. Yeah, you're like, oh, do I need to pick it up? Oh, they're catching me. Oh, you know, all these different things come into play and you're suddenly thinking about everyone else. So I think that, you know, maybe that's what happens with Eli as well. As soon as he gets out in front, he's tried the manage thing, you know, just manage that gap. And that's when I think that, you know, like you said, that little mistake, you throw it away because he's just out front you know his mind's probably wandering he's thinking about someone else behind him thinking about keeping the gap um and that's when he throws it away but if he gets out in front and he does what eli does and races to the end and annihilates everyone there's kind of like no real mistake is there Mm. like but i know he's made mistakes and thrown it away and had big crashes and stuff like that but you know i think that's just i think that's human it's natural yeah, as well so it is part of it for sure it, and just, it just seems like sometimes he'll have just those weekends where it's on he can't do anything wrong and it's like he looks the same but he's making tons of mistakes and i just i just feel like it, he's just not the kind of guy that changes setup or riding style or makes any adjustment for a certain track i think he's just got that one gear and it's checkers or wreckers mm-hmm. with him you know yeah, oh, you listen to you know if you listen to the Stewart um, video and you know that Bubba done not long ago yeah, talking like about time, yeah talking about Eli and he just basically just goes like he basically you know it's it was like a backhanded compliment because he was like I don't understand why Eli doesn't win like he's that good but he's just like 
why isn't he? Like, he's just, he doesn't get it. Like, it it's kind of weird for James to be the one that says that, though. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> now like, he's looking fat and fucking <laughs> washed up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we had, uh, so Ken got the overall with a 1 2. Uh, Eli, with he got the, that bad start, went 5 1. Um, Zach Osborne, did you boys think that Zach Osborne was going to be a podium dude before the year? He's obviously good. Like, like he's said it a few times now. When he, when he speaks in the interviews and that, like, he might be a rookie in the 450 class, but he's a lot older than he's the OG. actual... Yeah, yeah. He, he's a lot older than the actual rookie. So he's probably got a little bit more race craft than that. And I th- I expect him to be up there all the time. Like, he's he's we all know how good he can ride a bike. So I can't see why, you know, he wouldn't be there. No, for sure. And I said on here um, at the start of the season that I thought that there would be a lot of weekends where Ken, Eli and Zach were the top three. Like, I, I, I think he'll get third in the championship. If he's consistent, then yeah, yeah why not? Because if you're looking at this, they're pretty all over the place at the moment. But one that's kind of surprised me is Webb, like, 3-8. Like, I just think Webb has got that Supercross bonus. And he don't give a fuck. Well, yeah. You I listen- wouldn't give a fuck well, well, you listen to him in that press conference, like the press conference after he won and they're like oh what do you think about outdoors yeah he's just like i don't give you know two shits about outdoors at the moment and he said oh, i've just won the championship but it's like yeah but you know if it's, it's almost like nearly he hasn't gotten forgotten uh hasn't been forgotten but it's like you don't hear so much anymore about him because we're three rounds deep or two or three rounds deep now into the motocross and it's like he hasn't even podiumed yet yeah. sort of thing so it's like it's almost like he's kind of flying under the radar again now like the whole supercross thing's like kind of fizzled yeah. fizzled yeah, out fizzled out i guess but, like you imagine how much mental effort he would have put into supercross though and like he literally would not have thought about outdoors until that reporter said outdoors mm-hmm. you know and like a guy like Ken, he was riding outdoors for so ages. So yes. Ando was riding outdoors for ages. Like, yeah. Eli would have been, probably had his head in the championship right up until New York. Um, well, I mean, he still had a chance. But, uh, fuck, sorry, boys. Um, yeah, I mean, for Webb, like, just, I ain't even, I'm not sweating this chip, motocross championship at all. Well, I don't even know if I've seen videos of him riding motocross at all as as you wouldn't like you leave the supercross championship but yeah he could he could you know eventually come on a bit stronger sometime soon because he is like he's a bad dude in outdoors when he rode those 250s man he was he was insane on like like even like technique wise and stuff like that he was real good and he was just a bulldog on the 250 but i don't know if he can do that on the 450 because he's a little smaller and a 450s you know a lot more power and everything i don't know if he can ride it the same but if he goes back to you know that old style that old is, style yeah. like that's basically what we saw in supercross like that old cooper webb again um if that comes in motocross i think you know there's no reason why he can't probably get up there behind you know I'll be on the podium yeah he, he can for sure be yeah, on the podium but I think you know to beat Eli and Ken straight up at the moment it's, it's pretty like the only one I can really see that would do that is you know someone like Jeffrey Hurlings when you know Jeff yeah. when when Jeff is um healthy yeah. you know but you know at the moment he's not he's still trying to ease back into it and everything but yeah like because I look at technique wise and riding style and all that and uh, Eli and Ken, their technique and riding styles just. Are like, you boys looking at other riders' styles and trying to like make it like add that into your own game? Yeah, 
but me 100 percent, really all the time for who sure you, who are you looking at like what kind of stuff like i i look at uh, i watch jeffrey hurlings all the time um i watch um one person that's really good is like anderson like where yeah. his legs are on the bike like how far he can have his legs back and be on his toes um and then be able to keep his head forward still like that's so like his weight is at the back of the bike but then he's having no pressure on his arms because he's like the top half of his body forward still forward Mm. um and like the way jeffrey hurlings moves on the bike as well is like if you actually watch him and you think about how he goes through a set of rollers so fast and keeps the wheels on the ground that's so hard to do like because as soon as you start going you can do it but as soon as you try and go faster through them like at a practice track say if you got a long set of rollers try and go faster through them you start jumping Mm. like it's just natural for the thing to start picking up and jumping and he's able to go through them wide open and keep the bike on the ground like mm. the way he can move on the bike is unbelievable so i always look at that um um yeah I, I always study like tomac like there's a reason why those guys are so fast and the way they can get through bumps and stuff like that i was that. gonna say like tomac is the kind of guy that you you watch just to learn just how fucking fast you can go when it's rough yeah because like that's a i remember we were at carmichael's one day and he said he's like dude i was just the dude that went through the the fastest line no matter how rough it got yeah and it's like there's a there's this weird thing where everyone's always like oh you got to choose your lines and get get out of the bumps and you know all that but it's like dude fucking eli tomac don't do that ricky carmichael don't do that like the 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 dudes that are really sending it are just the ones that are down to send it through the bumps like the gnarliest lines on the track well that's we were at cool the other day and he was going this line it was smooth like it was around the outside you know the line i was talking about yeah and i was like man like the inside was bumpy coming in and there was like kind of two big bumps but it was the shortest way around the turn i was like man just go inside like and he's like, oh, it's hard to get the bike going because it's 250. And I was yeah. like, yeah, it's understandable. But I try to like tell him to change up this little bit at the start. You know, okay, a little, little bit more momentum in over this bump and then you can get out of it better and then carry, like you won't be stop and starting so you're not losing that momentum. So, yeah. Um, and were you doing that at the end of the day? That line, that 50, inside? 50, 50, oh, 50. Okay. Because like, that's the thing. Like I would rather go if I can hop through a couple of bumps, if I have to hit a couple of bumps on the inside and it's faster, I'm going to use less energy than going all the way around the outside and hitting, you know, yeah. bumps as well. I'm going to go to the inside every time and just figure out a way to get through them faster. Like, yeah. and make them not there. Like, it's... Well, the thing is, though, is that the fitness that it takes to hit those rough lines every time, but that's where... I think that's where, guys, like, if you really want to go fast, you really, especially at a practice track, like... In my head, don't ride any smooth lines anytime you do a practice motor ever. Yeah. Because it's like you really you should be punishing yourself. Like it should be torture well, for those, you know, those thirties. Yeah, well we don't get to the racetrack on the Sunday and there's a really any smooth lines. No, so, exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah. I agree. It's uh but it's hard to do because your fucking hands are getting sore. And you're three you're, you're three days deep and you've done fucking <laughs> ten, twenty minute motos and you've been training and it makes it's sense. Fucked. It makes sense why you don't do it, but I think that it's like that's the you know all you guys are fast. All you guys have talent. And it's like I think that when when you really break it down to like 
who are the guys that are killing it and it's like you look at Eli come down that hill at Colorado he's doing the fucking inside line yeah like and he's taking the short way and that's what's going to get you a wheel inside and that's what's going to get you the pass so it's like it's hard though to commit to that and especially like you got to think about it's not just the fact of physically how hard it is but it's a risk every, yeah every time you is. hit that gnarliest roughest line of track you're risking it mm-hmm. so it's like that's and I think that's what makes our sports so gnarly is that you know what it takes to do so good is risky as yeah. fuck it's risky business every lap every bump every turn everything that's just how it is but yeah it's it's no good i don't i don't see any benefit in riding a smooth track like practicing on a smooth track ever like it's we've been riding the hardest shit the last two weeks and like i i've been riding sand like i we've got a hard pack round coming up but i've been i've had a paddle on my bike and a paddle tire on my bike and i was i said to myself i'm not going to take this thing off until the you know a few days before the next round and I'll go ride hard pack then because sand's the toughest. It's the toughest thing to ride, you know, physically, physically, sure. even mentally, you know, doing a motor and stuff. So I was just like, I'm going to go ride the roughest shit that I can find to get myself fitter yeah. and to be, you know, to benefit, so to get the most benefit out of the second half of the season. And instead of going to, you know, will I bank on Wednesday and ride a prep track with nice ruts? Like, yeah, it might be fun and nice, but it's not gonna do that much for it's you. not gonna no it's also fun and nice winning yeah you know, that's and if you gotta write you gotta ride the hard shit to do that and that's what i'm trying to do so but hopefully who knows it could pay off it might yeah. not my my more well, like thing you might, think about that's what everyone said when hurlings was turning pro like oh yeah he's the fastest sand rider in the world mm. no nah, motherfucker He's just he's, the fastest. He's, he's wiping just, everyone. Yeah, yeah. he's just track. the fastest guy in the world. I yeah. be, I believe if you can ride sand and you're fast in sand, sand gets rough and bumpy. You're gonna be fast in anything. You can ride hard back easy. So that's what I that's that's my take on everything. So yeah, no, it makes sense. And and uh, old uh, Jeff Rose bloody proving it too. Jeff. Um, so yeah, Marv eight three, not great. Um, I just I think like we always talk about Marv like. I don't know, man. I just think that he's... He's nearly one of those guys that everything has to be Perfect. in line for him to have a good day. Yeah. But yeah, usually outdoors he's good. But um, I don't know what's going on, whether it be the other riders around him are just better you know, this year at the moment. Or, you know, like we look at it and all the way down to 12th. There's Justin Hill and that. And then everyone above him, they're all top dogs. So. Yeah. I think with Marv, man, like, can you imagine if let's say like well not let's say like he has had the best bike the best coach the best facility like he's had everything the best for years and he hasn't won like how long could you go with like knowing you've done everything right and not winning well i heard that the other week somewhere um and yeah i don't know and he's getting old too man like miles pretty he's an old dude um he's 30 now i think yeah he'd be getting up there like um yeah, I don't know how much longer he's going to keep doing it. Maybe it's, maybe it's coming to an end. But who knows? He could turn around next weekend and go smoke everyone. But it's just how it is. Yeah, and we're going to sit here eating our words. Yeah, that's that. exactly right. Sorry, but I think you could keep talking shit on Marv. I just <laughs> I don't think that he's going to go around and win like that. Um, but no, like he's got the best everything. Yeah, it's like all there, right? I don't know if it's mental or what, but you know, it's something's not there at the moment. 
Well, we talk about how Tomac and uh, Roxon just... Well, Roxon maybe is still probably a little bit of a precise rider, but Tomac obviously not. He's just a full bulldog. But I think Marvis like, takes it to another level with how Technical precise is, and technical yeah. he is. And I maybe it's just not paying off for him in motocross right now. I yeah. When I went, spent some time at BT's um, last year, year before... Um, I had him going to me like when I'd ride the track sometimes he's, he'd up me and he'd be like stop being trying to be so perfect mm. he said hang the thing out like he told me that so many times I'm just like oh, okay like I would try and be real precise like you know maybe that's what Marv's what I'm trying to say is maybe that's what Marv's doing too much mm. of trying to be too precise and not actually hanging it out like these other guys are so he's trying to be that too perfect um no mistakes but sometimes it's you got to take the risk risking so. for the biscuit yeah that's it. exactly right uh and then yeah shout out to dean who went six nine um starting the second moto wasn't as good as the first moto um the first moto he ran fourth pretty much the entire uh, moto and then i think he got eat, eaten up by tomac and anderson uh they came by him late but pretty good sign man i think that um I think that that's the only move for Dean. Like, I wish the Europe thing worked out a little bit better. Like, he didn't hurt his knee and he yeah. could have stayed. I think he would have been in much better shape. Um, but I think, like, I mean, you guys probably agree he belongs in the States. Well, I reckon as well, like, he's only going to get better now. Like, oh, now for he's, sure. he's yeah. both, both results on the weekend were inside the top 10. So that was obviously good. And, and, and if it took you think, three rounds to do that. Yeah. But if mm. you think back before, um, uh, round one or and even like long before that like Murray Bridge and that he had done next to no racing since um, and the last race he did was on a KTM yeah, yeah it changed the bikes yeah. and, and ne- then before that no like he had a Suzuki at one point and you know he, then he was riding his old championships bikes championship bikes because he had no bikes to ride so yeah. you know with all that in play mm. um, yeah because he wouldn't have done much since um, the national oh well straight after well, supercross he got injured um with, with that his was accident. massive yeah. bro that was a big crash did you see that yeah i was there I, yeah. I that happened it. right in front of me yeah and i was just oh you were on you were on the track yeah. i was filming you oh yeah i was on the track and it happened like right in front of me because it, it was who was it him um there was him Medi, and i think jace owens they were in front of me and then yeah. i was fourth and it was the weirdest thing. It like was bizarre, we, eh? Like, the, the dirt is so weird at that place sometimes. It f- honestly feels like it'll suck you up and pull you one way, and it's just what happened. Like, he jumped, and then it just pulled him one way, and when you get off balance like that, it just will drive you to the ground. And I think that's just what happened. And It was a big hit, man. I could yeah. not... Because I, I watched the whole thing, and I could not figure out what happened because there was actually a down rider in that lane, yeah. and yeah. it was all under yellow flags. And I was, like, watching people jump through, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Because, obviously, you're not supposed to jump when, like, when the yellows are there or whatever. And they were still sending it, like, jumping the big rhythms, and then I was just, like fully mind fucked and then i just seen ferris just off balance and fucking feed off well, and had yeah. a big one well, well that's what i was wondering whether like they just didn't see it and then well we didn't i yeah because the flat like the bike wait yo yo all right my mic just went out hang on sorry boys all right yo yes. yo yep, yeah she's back gee whiz um 
yeah i had like some flagged like yelling at me that i was in the wrong spot and i'm like mm, yeah dude i've been doing this for a really long time i feel like i'm good <laughs> and then um and it was that same flagger that was yelling and i'm not blaming the flagger but mm. it was the same flagger that was like yelling at me for like being in the wrong spot that was on that corner because it was after the the like as you'd come around the first turn yeah and then you go in there yeah and it, it was not have been yeah i just don't, or something. Yeah, yeah yeah maybe there was something weird that well, went on with the the flagger because it looked like dean went to do the big rhythm and then realized there was a rider down and then like half did it half didn't yeah and then it just like cross-rutted him and and sent yeah him well that's what we out. did because we all went we went that inside i think we we're going like three and then we went to go three again and then it was that last three out yeah um and we went three in, then we all kind of jammed on the brakes because I didn't, I honestly, I didn't see the yellow flag because I must, it must have been on that inside and I didn't see it. None of us did. And then yeah, I only the, saw the, it. The flagger was on the inside of that yeah, turn. Yeah, we didn't see it. And then I only, we saw the yellow flag like halfway through the rhythm. Um, and that's when everyone kind of jammed on the brakes. But Dean did it. And as he's like, because we landed in one, um, one of the rhythms where we landed was kind of fresh yeah so it had been bobcatted um but there was there was like kind of still ruts underneath and when you land in that shit sometimes it just pulls you and that's just what's happened i think like it honestly he landed and And just just went hard right like just that way and i was like whoa like i that was like we nearly all got cleaned up like in it like i was jamming on the brakes trying to hit him and pull him back to the left and it's hard because there's ruts in the rhythms and shit but um, yeah, that was gnarly, man. And then seeing him on the ground for so long yeah, as well. I thought it was real bad. And then like we were coming around and that was a, actually a long heat race because our heat race is like seven laps, eight laps. Yeah. And it made it feel so long because... Oh, you'd roll the whole we thing. We had to roll yeah, the whole yeah. thing. So it actually ended up being long as the race. Yeah, and I was just sense. going, man, when's this checker flag coming out? And I was actually using heaps of energy. People think like rolling a rhythm, like you under a yellow you're going to save energy but we're all going to we're all trying to roll it and still go half fast because dean wasn't on the track yeah so we're using energy like you're trying to push down push yeah. through and it, i was using energy doing it and at the end of the race i was just like man i'm cooked you yeah but it's yeah it's because i'm trying to we're trying to get wheels on the ground and we're still trying to get half fast yeah. through it all um, yeah, I was using heaps of energy. Yeah. Do, do you have a time you have to be out of here or? No. Good? no okay, cool. No, I was yeah, just, just no. making sure. Um, yeah, so I think, I agree. I think that, um, I, I yeah, I'd sort of thought that it'd be a few rounds before we saw him in the top 10, both motos. And I think, um, yeah, I think he's, yeah, he's sort of right on cue there. Third, um, third round, two in the top 10. I think that's really just like, that's good for him, you know? I think, I think that he start if he starts building like towards top fives and then some moto podiums i think is definitely possible especially the deeper the season goes i think um like because i'm friends with um like i'm friends with dean like i ring him you know in off season saying what are you doing down you you know yeah by yourself you got any friends down there in Kyogre or what but um, it's i talked to his you know a, his mate john hafey which is he's yep. really close with um and i see john all the time and i've been talking to him and i think dean was struggling uh, with bikes up a little bit when he first went in, going yeah, over okay. going over in this trip because um, it's man they just run them stiff dude well they run so it stiff. they reckon they run it so weird and then I actually heard like a rumour that when Dean went over last year and he wrote he flew his everything over flew everything yeah, over yeah. raced it um, and the Yamaha team over there 
wanted like all of Dean's settings. Really? Um, and that's basically what they ran for the rest of the season was the exact same as Dean's bike. No shit. But this time, Dean going over riding on that team, I think it's more you've got to run our stuff. Run our stuff you know, yeah. it's that that's what it's more of. Um, so Dean's just, I don't know, I guess he's kind of gone in blind, doesn't really have a base setting. Yeah, he's just. Okay. And I think they're running like a different fork to what he used to run here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think he's figuring it out. But that's what's been the struggle has been bike setup so yeah. far. And he he will get it dialed. Yeah, I think yeah. he'll be better in this back in the back half of the season. For I'm sure. Too yeah. much all the time too. Sometimes teams only let you change so many things, or yeah, yes. or they have their own input into what you decide like like you want to change something they'll be like nah nah you don't want to do that because this is you know our tracks this or our tracks that but it's like man we ride the bike not you sort of thing like sometimes that stuff can come into play too i think or yeah. it's or it's oh but justin Barsha runs his forks like that <laughs> yeah. like, you should be running them like that too oh, i've had that before don't with teams and everything but it's not you know they're two different riders well you know pro circuit dude they give you an a b and c and that's it so like you'll get your bike and they'll give you a fucking sheet at the start of the year they go you got three suspension settings you got three motor settings you got three chassis settings and you know three fucking whatever three bar settings three triple clamp settings that's it you literally get to pick from a b and c and then you you just tell them i want a for my motor i want b for my suspension like that's how they do it it kind of I can see where it would work. It would work, but I think, you know... Especially with young dudes. Yeah, guys that don't really know. Yeah. Um, But, you know, they'd have to be fine-tuning in there as well. Yeah, like, they, they sure. definitely do then start, mm. but you just... You're not going to, like... Because the problem is, I think, like, people can test themselves in circles. Yeah. Yeah, And I mean, I, like, I've been at the track with really fucking good riders that just... they've You know they've got no idea what's going on. Yeah. And it's like, you can't blame them. There's so many variables. Like, you boys have so many options of stuff you can change, like throttle bodies and fucking, you know, like you can even see, uh, I can't remember what bike it was, but they've got uh, holes drilled into the engine mounts yeah. so that there's more flex more in flex. the chassis, you know. I've seen some pretty crazy shit. Like, like well, what I thought was crazy, and I've never tried it because I, I, I you know, I think I can set up a bike to how I like it pretty well, but there's certain things that I won't be able to feel. Yeah. And I remember one day we were at a practice track um, during motocross and it was Cade Mosick at the time. He was riding for Cowie. Yeah. And he, um, he, uh, he was always doing a lot of testing. And I remember one time he was like... Was that when you were on Cowie as well? No, nah, I was on a Husky the year before that. I was still on 250, but he was testing how... I'm pretty sure it was how tight um, one of the bolt. I think it was the swing arm bolt and a rear axle bolt for rigidness and stuff like that. So that's what I was getting from his mechanic at the yeah. time. I'm like, I'm like, what are you testing? And he's like, oh, you know, we're fucking doing this and um, changing the. I don't know if it's called Newton meters. Was that yeah, like yeah, the, yeah, the tension, yeah. yeah. And he's like, yeah, we do this one to that torque and this the, the rear axle to that torque. And I'm like, surely you can't feel that. Yeah. I. I I don't know if you saw the other day when I got um, I was at Coolum and I tightened my swing arm because I hate it. Even half a turn on my swing arm, I can feel the thing flex. Like I really? I, I don't know if it's mental or what, but I feel like I can feel the thing flex. And I want the thing as tight as I can, just because I hate like it folds. It feels like it folds on me, um, and yeah, it seems every time that I 
get that feeling i go to the swing arm and i can do like half a turn a turn on it uh like on the actual yeah where the swing arm goes through the frame and yeah i can heave on it half a turn full turn and then i go out there and it's all good again so that's crazy eh? but oh well and good if you can feel all that stuff eh? like yeah. like what i was saying about kate if you can feel it and it makes a difference and go dude for i remember it, I jats think. i remember jats won an 85 aussie title at cool one year and then I pushed his bike up into their fucking Iveco and the whole triple clamps were loose. I think I remember It's a Cairns thing, that. I'm telling you. They're so <laughs> different. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, wait, Jats, how long's it been like that? And he's like, like what? I'm like, your handlebars are loose, bro. And he's like, oh yeah. That's what he said. Yeah. He just didn't care. He was just like, well, I don't know, man, whatever. Well, I was tested. I tested at Coolum a couple of, uh, the other week and I haven't tested in like over a year because I've just been riding the one bike, whatever we're out there doing a couple of clicks here a couple of clicks there and um paul from uh, mpe is going like oh how's that feel i was like when i first started i was like i don't know like i just couldn't even know i didn't know and then we started changing some things and towards the end of the day i started noticing the difference but like at the start he made some big changes and changed some stuff and i was just like yeah i don't know i, I don't know whether it was you know the track because it's hard to test it cool but um, yeah, and I felt like a squid. Eh? I felt like I was just going around in circles. But towards the end of the day, I got it going good. Yeah. But, um, and I wasn't even testing much. I was just testing little bits and pieces with the rear shock. But yeah, sometimes you do that, and it's like it's mentally draining. When I was yeah. testing with KDM and stuff, you have long days at the test track um, with Supercross and stuff like that. And like the tracks changing, so you don't know whether you're going in the right direction yeah, or the that's wrong the direction. Problem, man. There's too many variables, man. And it's drying out, and then the whoops are getting slippery, or the whoops are getting cupped out, and then there's like a fine line where you can really actually test, and then you yeah. just like bang your head against the wall. Eh? It's sometimes it's fucking yeah, it's gnarly, but um, I don't know. There was, there was one point there where I was cutting the cross, so I ran a crossbar on my bars, and I was cutting the middle of yeah, it, yeah. get more flex, but then. I'd come into the turns and if I washed the front, the bars had literally just bent. Like, cause the cross, the cross brace oh, was cut. Was gone, yeah. yeah. Cause I was running a triple nine, like a rental triple nine. And have I'd, you seen those, um, I don't know who the brand is. It doesn't, but they've got like a crossbar and then it's got like, a taper. yeah, yeah. I ra- ran oh. it last year. Yeah. They're not, they're pretty good. You can actually fully, fully feel it too. I remember I had a set, um, and whether they just had a bit of fucking dirt where you where they're where you unclick them or whatever anyway you could hear them fully squeaking right because i was pushing up and down on them i had them unlocked and you could hear them squeaking and i'm like fucking hell so these things actually fully do move and then i locked the thing and it was just rock solid it was fucking crazy it was pretty sick really Mm -hmm. it's a pretty cool design that is cartwheeled the shit out of my yamaha a few times and they were fine so really (laughs) yeah so uh what we're saying is head to mxstore.com yeah pro taper they'll be loving me for this i give them a wrap now (laughs) Uh, no but i mean yeah i've I've seen those things because i think mitch was actually saying he liked them as well yeah yeah Mitch. i think mitch was the one that was telling Mm -hmm. me about them Mm -hmm. um and then the um oh what's the name of those Oh, this, they're like the sickest triple clamps, man. They're um, oh, the X-Trig ones. Yeah, yeah, dude, they're so legit. I want to get um, actually MX store. That's this is what needs to happen. I actually need to get them for my CR250. Well, they've got, got like a, they've got like they're all rubber mounted. They're rubber yeah, mounted. Yeah, and then have you more. seen the ones that have the air suspension in the actual triple? Oh, I've heard about that too. Oh, yeah. So that's what Dundran. Yeah, like, oh, really? yeah, they're legit. I think dude. I did see. What are they that? called? X-Trig. We'll look them up yeah. right now. Yeah, they've got like a. Um, X as soon as I type X into this browser 
No. <laughs> um, I, with KDM, we ran these other things as well. And it's a little like canister that goes from the triple clamp to the frame. And it's a damp, it's a steering dampener, but it's not an actual dampener. Like it doesn't stop it from yeah. getting head shake and stuff, but it like fully, I would, it, it had clickers on it. And I think the Hondas have them Yeah, actually. Hondas, I was going to say Hondas. Yeah, them we were running them on the KDM and they got clickers on them and shit. And yeah, so that's crazy. those, that's those rubber mounts. Yeah, there. I lived in, you can, and those rubber mounts, you can get like three different um, feels. So you can get one that's a bit harder yeah a middle one and a full soft one and i freaking live and swear by those those things Damn. and they don't bend as much either like yeah you know they got you, more yeah gear yeah more. they don't freaking you know you crash your bike or whatever you get up and your bars are f- twisted as fuck that um doesn't really happen as much with these bar mounts um no that wasn't the brand that i'm thinking about then um oh they have changed uh brands they don't run extra yeah they run, um, who is it they oh what well, brand back when run? I used them, it was just a, it was a Husky KDM power part. So I don't know whether it was a brand change or whatnot. Necken, here it is. I thought that's it was what Necken. it is. That's yeah, it. Yep. sorry, to cut you off there. No, no. Um, yeah, these things, dude. These triple clamps are so legit. They've got um, these like air cushion deals in them. So like these are, f- are pressurized, bro. So they'll actually. Um, they actually like move up and down like tiny little increments with like dampened air and um dude they're like legit as man this is what dunge was running but see i i don't see how that for me right doing that is all well and good but if hey, this is for me bro this is for office hands <laughs> yeah <I'm not> sure. <laughs> but see i feel like like if i was to do go to that um if i was testing and I was like, oh, my front end feels like rigid or stiff or something like that. And I was dealing with the f- like, and then we went, oh, well, let's put these triple clamps on. It's just putting a band aid over it, a band aid over your suspension not being right. I feel, I reckon. Yeah, well, th- there is two ways to think about it though, because like, so I think that um, if I'm, I'm remembering right, Chad is way more picky about his chassis flex than his suspension. Mm. so there's some guys that will just dial their chassis in mm. and then the suspension is what it is but they just want to get their chassis feeling good mm. like so you were saying that's why it makes sense when you were saying like half a turn on, on your on swing, arm. swing arm yeah. so like that's the kind of stuff that he's wanting to test so he's wanting to make sure that the axles for the swing arm axles for the rear wheel axles mm. for the front wheel tension on the triple clamps on the forks mm. uh engine mounts all that flex, kind of stuff like is flex flexing stuff, the yeah. way that because mm. you like you can make a bike pretty soft mm. just through the chassis before you actually run stiff suspension yep. so like if you think like oh it's it's soft and it's blown out or whatever mm. that that isn't always just your suspension like you could have a chassis that's really moot like you know when you you know when you like you can drive like a shitty car and you can feel it roll. Yeah. That's the feeling. But it's mm. like a little bit harder to notice on mm. like a mm. on a bike. But yeah, so these things, I want to get a set of these just because I don't ride that much. I reckon that'd be really cheap. That would be expensive. Yeah, they look <laughs> cheap, don't <laughs> they? But um, yeah, we're on the MX store program, son. Um, but yeah, so them and those uh, X-Trig ones look really cool. I think my brother just got the X-Trig ones for his KTM. Um, but yeah, those rubber, the rubber mounts are good, eh? I remember, yeah, I got told once that um, 
I think I you can just told. buy these for sorry for stock triple clamps too. Yeah, I think you might be able to. But I remember like um, I got told once, yeah, oh, you're just putting a band aid over it, and I'm like, so fucking Who cares, what, bro, man? Like, if it's gonna yeah. make your arms feel better, does it fucking matter if it's band aiding something? Like, like, like it might, like you get your suspension good, and then mm. put them things on there, it's gonna feel even better. Yeah, that's yeah. What, so it's that's, like that's what I that's what I was getting at. Like, uh, so you'd rather start with your suspension as mm-hmm. like get that as good as you can on just yep. like very fixed, rigid, and then start to play with yeah and other things. Yeah. If if yeah, if I feel like oh my front end's rigid or something like that, I'm not gonna go oh I'm gonna put these rubber mounts in and make it feel better. I'm gonna go no let's get the suspension uh, done and there's then something not right i gotta get the suspension right or get it you know working properly and then i'll put that on and it'll be better again yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well also mm-hmm. like like still touching on what we're saying um there's no perfect setting that is suspension true. for a dirt bike yeah, so yeah, like you, right. you know oh we're gonna go to stanmore i've got a stanmore setting like fuck no no one has a you know what i mean like yeah. oh we're gonna go to cool i'm like it's all I, so different. I, I have a cool setting. Yeah, you got a cool setting. Yeah, <laughs> I have a cool setting. And I don't. <laughs> you live a cool. Yeah, you, that's your, that's your house. <laughs> Alright, I've been there like yeah, the you last. You've done so many laps around that track. Well, in, the, in the last two years, I've ridden there no shit, probably five times. Oh really? Yeah, and the most I've ridden there is like the last out of those like those five times. Three of them, or three? Three, yeah, three have been in the last week. Three of them have been in, like, the last week and a half. So, it's like... It's cool that it's running good, though. Yeah, it's just, what, the track? Yeah. Yeah, it's... We're going to change it. It's going to go backwards, too. Yeah, okay. So, but it's been good lately. Like, it's been sick, so... They've got Mick Brown back in doing it, so and he used to rip shit out of it and water it. Some people in the club never used to really like it because it was too tough, but yeah, and it's good, good for a national. Yeah, that's my pet hate in this whole world of motocross in Australia is like, no doubles, no triples, no. It's like, all right, cool. Do you think Australia has every surfing world champion ever because we only let Mick Fanning surf two foot waves yeah as soon as it got over two foot we pulled everyone out of the fucking surf yeah it's not how it works man no. like that's the mentality here is just like it, just, it drives me crazy dude I've talked about it so much it's and like, then and every- then you go to America and like you go to Parla and you got fucking little mini Deegan riding a 65 on the same track as Tomac Tomac yeah, yeah. it's like alright boys can we can we see that this is yeah. got something to do with mm-hmm. us not being very fucking good at motocross <laughs> like is this is this easy math because to me like am I the retard and then it's like everyone goes oh America's so sick they've got massive jumps and then as soon as someone wants to build a jump here oh no you can't do that it's like the tunnel at Coolum everyone needs to jump up and down saying oh you can't have that like that tunnel jump the big yeah, one yeah. you can't have that it's like why not it's fucking mad it's sick you get some air you know people well, are gonna the, jump the, it yeah the, the reality is love it. yeah well the reality is is like what are we doing with racing in australia like is it this it's not at a place where you can make millions of dollars and then retire at 27 off racing dirt bikes so you both have raced your entire lives and you would hope that at some point you can retire from racing and then retire from like you retire yeah and it's like okay so i can't do that in australia all right well i'm gonna take my skills my apprenticeship that i've done my whole life and then i'm gonna go try and have a career and then retire where i can do that so it's like okay to do that you go to europe or you go to america America. and then it's like so what are we doing here for riders if we're not providing riders with a place where they can make money, retire, live here, and stay in this ecosystem, if we're not going to give them that, then the best thing we can do 
for guys like yourselves is give them the closest possible stepping stone to a place where they can do to that. transition to a place yeah that's right and that doesn't fucking happen man like the, and even i've said that with the nationals like just build one jump a weekend where it's right in front of the crowd well we had we had got a one cool for gimpy coming yeah we a had and really? we had a we had a good one at um broadford that was kind of cool that was a triple step up there and that was sick but um yeah this year's kind of there's been a couple of different things i guess it's been better but i, th- I don't even think it's i don't think it's kevin like it's but it's like yeah i was gonna say it's yeah. just club level like yeah it's i remember they it's used ma to, let's say yeah. no doubles no yeah. this yeah and it's fucking retarded they're there. the ones like you know not, um, I'm just going to stop that. <laughs> no, but it's true, man. I'll say it. You oh, yeah. But like, like, you know, MA, I don't, I don't think MA is helping, um, you know, us as writers at all. I don't think it's helping the sport. I don't think they do. Like, you know, it's very restricted and they're very, you know, this is it. No doubles, no this, no that. And then where's the excitement? You know, it's yeah. not fun watching a 30 minute race of us hitting a turn. You know, no one wants to yeah. see us just hitting a turn. You know, people want to see jumps. Well, and like do that, this that and extension at Coolum was like the yeah. coolest jump of the year. Yeah, and everyone went there and watched at the extension. And where did everyone sit? Right there. And kids had, you know, cameras and this and that and loving yeah. it, you know. But um, yeah, there's not enough of that in this sport. And that's in Australia anyway. And that's yeah, why but you America's go to the States, so dude. Like, man, I've rode tons of local tracks like all over America. Like, when we would do filming for Verb. Mm. I'd ride like we'd do tons of stuff with Berriman back in the day and I used to just go ride his bike and man like I was going out there and raced my whole life here and I was like I'm not fucking jumping that. I've never jumped a jump that big man, in my life I know I used to go like you go over there and you go to the tracks and you're like man that jump is massive yeah. like you and you're going shit I don't even know if I'm going to jump that today yeah but 100%. like yeah, well, we're and, racing our biggest sorry we're racing our biggest series here in Australia on tracks that the clubs have set up for 60s. weekend warriors yeah. like the like the guy like safe for those guys like you see the cool thing in America like they do still practice on some of the tracks that they race on like parlor and whatever but like like there's they've got practice tracks and then they've actually got their national tracks that they only have nationals Mm. on and i think like we don't have that here and that's why like our tracks are just built for come on man come on man there's happen happen's got a national track crapping is pretty sick yeah And the crowd goes silent. It was mad this year. I just, I reckon, I don't know. Yeah, I reckon heat. they should have ripped it deeper, personally. Yeah. I reckon that any time that you know 100% it's going to rain, you should rip the track so deep. Yeah. That, like, when, the boys, I, when the boys on the Tuesday at the yes. practice track tell you that it's raining and just don't rip it, just maybe just wait till Saturday. you know why. We're going to rip it deep. Well, that's what Cloudy and deep. They, Cloudy, they, well, they went there, the boys, and they're like, oh, you know, Tracks ripped, you know, rain's coming, you're gonna seal it, and they go, Oh, um, easier said than done. <laughs> What's what, your job, bro? <laughs> what do you mean? You run a spreader bar around a track a couple of times and you seal it in, fucking it's better than you know, run the tractor around it and do a couple of laps of the track. You know, it's take you half a day, not even. No, nah, I just reckon it I reckon it's sick though, because like you don't get paid when you go there. And then, like, what's rad is when you're a privateer and you just fuck your bike. Like, oh, I, reckon right, that's a, I reckon that's the sickest thing. Because as a fan, that's what I wanted. I was like, oi, I just want to see all these privateers just get fucked right now. Well, so I was sitting down on the start line and um, Kevin comes over to us. And this is before practice and qualifying. I'm sitting there. We're getting ready to go. Kevin goes, oh, if it keeps raining, we're going to look at just doing 
20 minute motos not 30s and you're he, like what's the difference and, and then to be cooked anyway. well <laughs> I, I, I actually yeah that's what he said or I don't even know if he said yeah he said 20, 20 minute motos instead of 30s and he's like oh for the privateers and I was sitting next to Todd he says that benefit he said how's that sound I said yeah that's good for me like my, I've got one bike like and I I got it literally last week I haven't been riding like I want my bike to last the season brand new yeah. it's brand new <laughs> and um and then Todd's like oh oh I'd prefer it to be 30s and I'm like I looked at him I was like are you serious and <laughs> Kevin's like yeah but we're doing it for like guys like him he's like oh oh yeah oh, okay then but I was like yeah, like fair enough and oh no that's what I said as well I said oh yeah but I've only got one I like I've only got one bike and he's like oh same I was like yeah but you've you got, got a hus- one race bike I said you've I got, got a husky tr- yeah you've yeah. got a husky truck over there I said oh it's, it's oh, I was just I just thought it was funny because it was like I'm actually glad that they called it because it was pretty ridiculous but um, yeah. it is crazy like considering I don't follow it at all I knew that it was going to be fucked yep. so like how do I know it's going to be fucked if I know it's going to be fucked it's going to be fucked round one everyone all teams rock up with their new bikes and everything looks fresh and straight after round one it looks like we've just done 10 rounds and last round of Coolum man I think yeah, I was so they're fucked. about to go on gum tree everything's like, fucked they got um, left out the front of the workshop with a free sign on them. Yeah. <laughs> Take no, me. It, it is crazy. Yeah. That was crazy to me when I was just like, I'm, like if I know it's going to rain, how did, like, what are we doing here? I don't know. Weird one. And national yeah. level. And yeah. Let's rip the shit out of the track and it's going to piss down. Smart. Really mm. smart. Keen. 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 <laughs> um, all right. So then we'll move on to the lights class. Um, AC. The man, um, I'm a notorious Adam Cincerello dick rider. It's quite a well-known <laughs> fact. Um, but yeah, so he went 2-1, Cooper went 1-2. They've got it going on, eh? Like, so I spoke to Lucas Myrtle, who is um, Cooper's manager. He's Hunter's as well. Yeah. And like, dude, so it was so sick. Uh, he was saying that he's like, dude, this championship is going to get gnarly between them two. He's like, Cooper doesn't give a fuck like he yeah. only wants to win he does not care about getting second he doesn't want anything else he just wants to win so bad and he, he he's just saying like the more the like the longer it goes like the gnarlier it's gonna get because he, he's never building. won it overall yet i know so and i think this this to me like this battle between these two boys is probably what's getting me up early in the mornings to watch this championship is like these two going at it well because speed wise man like Cooper's probably faster. Yeah, at, at times, hundred percent. But um, yeah, I just I, I haven't even been watching the four fifties. I've been watching the lights races. Mm. It's been more interesting. These guys, then like lights guys, hang it out. They they're just sending it, eh? send it. Because it's like they're trying to get the most out of them bikes. Like it's a two fifty, it can only go so fast. Especially at Colorado too. Yeah, do you see how slow they go up those rollers? Oh man, mm. yeah, there. we were watching a <laughs> yeah that press day video. Was gnarly, eh? <laughs> we watched a press day video. It was actually of Todd Waters, and we it was just a raw one, so we could hear his bike. Just and four fifty was just like struggling. Yes. It needed. It sounded like it had done in a hundred hours, but it just had no compression. It was going nowhere. <laughs> it sounded like a an old husky, like went back when they were sewing machines. Yeah, when they were like red and white. Back when Jake Wright was racing them. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. 
when they um, were when they were a chainsaw yeah um yeah so we got yeah those boys went out of, um what did you think of let's see if we can pull the adams thing up so um oh, fuck i can never spell his last name let's see if i can get it right c-i-a-n-c-i-a-r-u-l-o yeah um colorado did you see like the bit where he cut the track yeah yeah i seen it um and i honestly what's your take on the protest i don't see what they're protesting no i don't either i think that they're protesting that i don't know what i don't know what they're protesting as like is it that are they trying to get it as ac was a distraction because he jumped in like in front of cooper and then well that's what we were reading we were hearing something oh no sorry we weren't reading we were watching a video um and that's justin was having like an interview and that's the argument he was trying to say is that um you know, like, was it was it a lap later or maybe two turns well, like, later or something? No, nah, dude, it was like three laps later. Yeah, well, oh, well he reckons, they reckon that, he reckons that it, it got him out of his rhythm or whatever and, and you know, took his yeah, focus but off. So but that's on, that's on him, not yeah. freaking, you know. I think, like, I think you just have to, do, like, you have to make the, well, A, it's like, what does the rule say? But it's like, you have to enter at the next safest opportunity without gaining, gaining an, advantage. an advantage, right? So it's like, I mean, those, those, uh, so this is the section where it was. Yeah, so you yeah. can see that those, that bunting goes the whole way up, up. that turn yeah. and the whole way around. Dude, that oh. was loose, bro. Yeah. I reckon he's ass pocket a little just Oh, there. he almost ate it. I know mine would have. Man, did you see how slow they were going up those rollers by the, like the second last one? Yeah. In, that was a start. weird crash too. Who is that? that? I think that was, uh, yeah, that was Jordan. <laughs> So, uh, dude, this is the quickest goggle change I've ever seen. How good was that? Who was that? That was mint. Is that Nichols? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, so it's like if you're looking at it being the like the safest way to like re-enter the track or whatever, if you've got all that bunting, like you got to think like it's a hazard if you drag that stuff on the track. On the track. It's a hazard for you if it gets caught in your in back wheel, wheel yep. stop. So like there is a lot of issues that does come with... Um, jumping uh getting back on the track with all that bunting like that shit is everywhere dude so like i do get it yeah I this guess, is a section here like yeah. it's the whole way the whole way up sorry we're just watching the uh recaps here so we're in the first 450 moto now was it the first or second no it was the second moto that the incident happened hey yep yeah yeah so it was the second moto because that's the one that decided see now how is this so slow they made it look difficult. They made it look way harder than I reckon. His, did. I reckon his goggle strap was like too tight or something. He though, always runs his goggle straps so tight. Can dude. you imagine in that situation if you were there, how hard it would be to get that bike in neutral first go? Like think about oh, it, right? Yeah. You yeah. your mind would be running that fast, and he's got to try and come in, make sure he doesn't stall the bike. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like I just think like that's like normal, but Colt just did it so well. So yeah, that's when um, yeah, so that's when Ferris just got passed. That line was yeah, awesome. Yeah, see, he just makes like crazy mistakes, eh? I mean, obviously it's gnarly. Um, all right, so yeah, we should be seeing this uh, this little deal here now with uh, Adam. It's crazy how how the track come back after the rain. Like it was pissing yeah, down, it, man. Like look at this is the second motor. This mutter. looks like a completely different it, day. I don't um, 
so yeah moto 2 start dude those star bikes are so good off the start eh that gear is the ugliest gear I I've said, ever I seen. Remember, dude. my I would rather wear the freaking old go. Yeah, right, so gear. here it is. Here, so yeah. Look, banners, 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 banners. No, well, he still wheelies a banner, but so he said that the gap was. We'll go you can back clearly see he it checked gets, up as well. There, the gap gets bigger. Yeah, so that's what Adam said. Is like he was only point nine back. Because um, they've all got the lit pros or whatever. Yeah. So he was 0.9 back when he went off the track. So right there, dude. He's like bare, not even. He's a right on him. And then when he re-entered the track, he waited and it was like 1.7. So, but you can see like Cooper gives him the look back and know? then shakes the head too. But like rolls that jump. So that's yeah, you clearly, can clearly see yeah. he waited for a while. Yeah. And then this is just pressure. Like that's I just think his yeah. own fault. Yeah. And I think that Adam. Adam just put together like four really good laps. Mm. I think it was four laps after, but he just put together really, really solid laps after that. And like when you haven't won the overall before and you're in a position to go to get it. one, one, it's like, you can still see both sides. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like, for sure. Yeah. I, I've had the same thing happen to me pretty much. Like I, I've dealt with off like uh, protests and off track excursions before. <clears throat> One's getting yeah, you cut the track all the time, you dog. Apparently, fucking <laughs> everyone was. I have freaking mates that bloody were telling me to get a set of scissors on as my butt patch because I was going to cut the track at some stage. I was just like, <laughs> I remember boys. when that Cheers. was all going down. But yeah, freaking yeah. Sometimes pe- black teams like they'll just well, I mean, go I- to different levels to get that number one that race win or the overall or whatever i thought for justin because like i'm a huge justin cooper fan like i'm an ac fan i'm a justin cooper fan i think they're the two most exciting dudes in the class at the moment and i think they're going to be the guys we're watching all year and it it seems like if i'm him and i want to make a a bit of a statement into where like my mentality (laughs) is at for the season i'd go you know what fuck the protest yeah. We're tied on points. I don't want to win with that. I'll come mm. back and I'll beat you next weekend. So I think like if if you start talking like that, because like mm. if you think about how good Coop is, like that's the kind of shit Cooper will say at a press conference, mm. and then that's the thing that slowly it'll get in your head. Yeah, and then you you know you sit on that for a week, and then you don't say that, and you play down like I don't want to win like that. I know I can beat him. I'm I'll just beat him you know i will just go one one next weekend so it's like to me i almost think in a situation where there's no points on the line like unless they were trying to get adam docked points but it's like they were so far out in front anyway that yeah you know it's not like it would have made too big of a difference points wise um but i just think that the move is just to go no nah, don't protest it's all good we're well, to- the points are still like even they traded places mm, and yeah. go and make a statement and say like I'm not I'll, I'm gonna win my first overall next weekend anyway so yeah. who cares well I'm pretty sure it was like if if they had win, won the protest and Cooper went 1-1 one, one, it was like he had the red player oh or he would've yeah he actually like that. would've but, yeah that's true but if it's like one or two points like I know every single point counts but if you're tied on points or whatever like man the colour of the your background and your number don't mean shit yeah. and we all know sometimes how heavy that red board can be so <laughs> mm, I yeah. would have just fucking left it but and Cooper hasn't really had a red plate has he has he, has he had could a, be ever, heavy ever had a red plate I don't think he has no I don't I don't think he has no because he um, 
I was wondering if he got it in Supercross briefly, but I don't think he did because it did. just went Chase yeah. Sexton got it, yeah. and then it went. Then yeah, he won the title. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I guess that's kind of. Um, we'll go for a quick look down the. Um, yeah. Oh, dude, Mick Mosman, shout out. He's the sickest dude ever. So he. Jat, that is a funny dude. Oh, yeah, I keep man, he's the same the, thing. He's the man, bro. So he. Uh, that's who Jats lives with. Yeah. When uh, when Jats is over in the states, like nicest kid ever. Um, and then Bobby Hewitt, the guy that owns Rockstar KTM's, the nice uh, Rockstar Husky, is the nicest guy ever as well. So anytime, anytime anyone from that team does well, I'm stoked because because mm-hmm. they're such good people. But yeah, so shout out to Mick, and he's been super fast, but he um, he's just had crashes. Like he, he's he's made some bad decisions at times too, which could have been avoided. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, yeah, he's still he's still young. He yeah. is still young. Um, so yeah Dylan Ferrandis I thought he would have been a lot better but again it's like how much it, oh, fuck this thing yo yep. we're back Mike French tripping um, yeah I've sort of said the same thing about Ferrandis with Coop like who cares dude you won you won Supercross yeah. who cares yeah. but I mean that's definitely I, I don't think a, a 250 regional title means the same as what Coop did obviously yeah, Coop, yeah for sure Coop got the top of the pops um Definitely expected him to do a bit better, though, eh? Yeah, I so think far. so, for sure. Yeah. And um, he was talking like he was going to go out there and smoke him, like that was his plan, so... And he... he dude, he's so good. He like, is. Yeah, he that's is the so thing. Good. He is a good motocross rider, obviously, mm. coming from Europe, too. Like, that's just what they do, and it's... Yeah. It's surprising that he hasn't, you know, he kind of just been flying under the radar. I haven't heard much of him so far yet. Yeah, so, um, yeah, Chase Sexton, I think... Uh, feel like chase is like the kind of dude that could really be like a title contender for like every title for the next couple of years i think like you want to talk about like style and technique mm. i love his yeah, yeah he's, he's pretty good. good yeah really really good he's pretty neat when he rides so. yeah mm. but i mean maybe it's like what we we're saying about marv maybe he's a tiny bit too neat yeah but who knows if he's got the aggression there then it, you know it could all come together but. yeah for sure um so yeah hunter going 10-7 um he just couldn't get starts dude yeah i don't know what's going on yet either eh? i like, don't know um it's he rode awesome at parlor don't get me wrong um but he also did a lot of laps around there leading into it. Yeah, true. And he did do that race there as well. Um, that amateur race. I don't think many people know about that. But yeah, he did a race there as well, like a couple of weeks before. Um, so I guess he... And like, that's the place he's been testing for the last five months when everyone else has been riding Supercross. Yeah, true. So, you know, you expect him to do good. But maybe it's just that... Yeah, he was feeling it that day because of he's been doing so many laps there. But when he's gone to Thunder Valley, it's a little different, and you know altitude and all. These I was gonna say things. that's probably the first time he's ever raced at altitude too. Yeah, there's no joke there, dude. Mm. Like yeah. it's pretty gnarly. You well, know, I was talking to Todd this well this morning when we saw him because Todd just got back and um, he said that yeah, it's crazy. Like first gear on his 450, yeah, thing like, was going nowhere up the start straight. Yeah, he just said it's like nuts and it's like he can do. Um, you know, he was saying that he can do, he's fit, he can do 30s easy and stuff like that. But, yeah. you know, when you do hill sprints and your throat starts to burn and stuff like that, he said he'd done a couple of sprint laps on press day and, like, that's, he was getting that straight away. And he said, yeah, it's crazy. And I know a lot of those dudes get, like, not a lot of them, but a couple of them get altitude sickness. And they reckon yeah, that's... Yeah, struggles real bad with it. Yeah, they reckon that smashes you, hey? Like, yeah. real It's like, bad. Um, I've been to Colorado heaps of times and that... I've filmed at that track three or four years 
Um, and yeah, walking with cameras up those hills, man, I'm cooked to like, yeah. you just get super puffed. And then we went, we actually went for Christmas one year and went snowboarding and Maddie, Maddie and my mum were just like, they said there was like, they were hung over for two weeks. Really? Like every day, wake up with a headache, feeling sick. So yeah, some people altitude just, yeah, just jacked with you. Um, so yeah, Shane McElrath that, yeah, the rest is like, yeah, guys just aren't doing as good as what they should. Um, I feel like Amart's pretty, um, don't know what's happening there either. No, that wasn't, wasn't a great weekend. Were you just going to say Suzuki? (laughs) 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 Uh, I didn't say anything. You were thinking it. Um, Ty Muspel's been doing pretty good, 616, but obviously like a 16 is a bit of a weird one there. It's sort of hard to know what goes. Um, yeah, like he's riding really, really good. Um, and then, yeah, Willie, uh, obviously, uh, struggled with some starts. And How good's his uh, photo still in the Circo shirt? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at that, eh? <laughs> what about, um, yeah, what probably. about, uh, can we just take a second and appreciate Christian Craig's respectable 18th overall? Yeah, on a factory Honda. That's impressive. Yeah, and especially after missing the outdoor season. Um, yeah, weird. Yeah, weird deal. Or, or Thomas Covington's respectable twenty sixth yeah, overall. What is, dude? I need to. We, yeah, Dobson I need was to just figure saying, it out, man. Dobson was saying something on the way down here that he's heard something about um, Epstein Bar or something. Yeah, he's got it. So he made a post this morning, or oh, the other day or something, um, that he's got Epstein Bar. Are you the Perez Hilton of motocross right now? Me apparently knows everything. Yeah, is. you're the gossip queen. I love it. Um, you coming back on this every week? <laughs> um, yeah, he's got Epstein Bar so and man that's hard like why I, race then but i sometimes you don't know you don't like i i got it the week before murray bridge um so i've only just gotten over it and i just didn't think anything of it whatever but um i was like just tired fatigued felt average like i was just like oh i just need a couple good nights sleep got to the race um and i was struggling like day one just uh, the second moto so the first moto I DNF because I had a first turn crash and I broke my rear wheel um, and then the and second moto one. yeah <laughs> oh well, I had two <laughs> and then um, I went out for the second one and I was I moved up to eighth because um, I had an average start and then right behind by, Christian Craig by <laughs> by lap by lap like four or five just started going backwards like I couldn't push I just had nothing like it was I wasn't puffed. I wasn't anything. It was just, I just, nothing. Like I was going backwards and I ended up getting lapped. Um, I got passed. Backwards is an understatement. Yeah. Like I got, I got lapped. I didn't even crash. I just got lapped and I would have been like over 10 seconds lap solo than everyone. I couldn't eat. I was just rolling around. Yeah. That's crazy. And then I come in and everyone was like, what's, what's wrong? Like what, what happened? I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what's wrong. And I was like, nah, it's all right. I'm going to have good sleep tonight. Wake up tomorrow redeem myself that's a good weekend to be cooked day double header and then the next day i went out there and i done we had back-to-backs um i done the first moto like the first back-to-back i went back to the start line and i sat there and i was almost not going to take off for the second gate drop because i was that cooked and i was just stuffed like i had nothing and i said in my arms were blown up like massive arm pump i couldn't even pull in my clutch and i said to my mechanic i said man I think I'm gonna, if I do this race, I think I'm going to have to let everyone go because I'm not going to be able to pull in my controls into the first turn. Like That's I was so gnarly. That bad. And then I, the last moto, um, I just kind of just rolled around again. I think I got like 12th. Um, and then I went home, I got blood test and I was waiting for results. And that week I slept, like I was sleeping 17 hours a day. Mm. I'd wake up 
Like I'd go to bed at eight o'clock. I'd wake up at eight o'clock. I'd eat brekkie, lay on the couch, like fall asleep, or I'd go back to bed and just go to sleep. Um, I'd wake up at twelve, eat lunch, and then I'd go kick back on the couch, like watch some TV or something. Fall asleep for like two hours. From like three to five, I'd wake up at five, eat dinner, have a shower, straight back to bed again. And I was not just, I'm not, and I mean like not in bed. I mean out cold in bed, like yeah. sleeping. Not just laying there because I'm stuffed. Like I'd feel okay and then I'd just like, I'd just pass out like that. And that happened, I was like that for three weeks. And then I've only like just started coming good now. So man, if he's had this for the last, let's say it lasts for three weeks. Like it's one to four weeks. Symptoms last for like a month, two months. Um, so if Covington's had this since the start of, you know, since round one, then he's, it, it explains a lot. That's why his results obviously so shit. But um yeah man it's not a good time it's i just wonder why fun. i wonder why you'd race then well i don't understand maybe he's only just got a blood test now because it, you actually you actually don't feel completely stuffed like you actually feel okay it's not like you have a headache and you're sick and everything like that you might get a bit fluey um but you just have nothing in the tank yeah like you just nothing at all yeah i mean it's definitely like even with how much i've been training lately like i I feel those days where i just get there and i like i'm trying my hardest but no, like i'm just getting steamrolled yeah and i'm like mm. i don't know like I, I feel like i couldn't try any harder but there's just nothing there to like you got or it feels like you got nothing to give yeah but yeah i think i think that yeah it's just like, it's got to be like a balance that you find as an athlete between in nutrition and sleeping and yeah. active recovery and training and like you know it's a uh, yeah it, it's easy to run the wheels off the wagon yeah and then if you don't rest enough like you don't give yourself enough time to rest and you start feeling good and then you start training again you fall like the so because there's no antibiotics for epstein bar or anything like that um your body has to create like an anti like a like it's own kind of thing to fight it off like that's yeah. what it does it's own creates its own mess let's say um and i was like if you come back and you start training and push the limits too early you fall back into being sick again like you start feeling good and then you just fall straight backwards into yeah. being like you know sleeping and everything again and then there's like this cycle where you just like start feeling better then you go backwards and you start feeling better and you go backwards and that's what happened with I remember Chad got it one year yeah. in motocross and he just took the rest of it off because you actually have to give yourself so much time to rest. And I thought that I was like gonna, I thought I was pushing it because I started to feel good there one week and I was like, oh, I'm feeling good. I'm going to go for a cycle. Went for a cycle. I was straight back like the next two days cooked again, like yeah. done. I was like, I felt good while, so I actually felt not too bad while cycling, but I just too early and put me back like another week yeah. and then I was just yeah made sure I'm good but now like I'm really good and I'm sweet but um, yeah I don't have a problem with it now so but who knows it might come back in the second half I have a shit result I'll blame it on that yeah I was gonna say something good to fall I got that out yeah. again yeah, <laughs> I got that out boy yeah um, yeah so your deal I guess um, yeah before we sort of wrap everything up you kind of had a pretty interesting start to the year, didn't really have a ride, and then you um, put something together pretty last minute, eh? Yeah, well, I, the thing was, I had a ride. I, oh, did you? I had a deal done with Suzuki, uh-huh. and um, I... Is they, there a Suzuki team at all now? Well, it was... There's, there's KSF still, yeah. um, so they're doing their thing, but my deal, I... 
wanted to do kind of run things my own way um and so i had a deal lined up with suzuki and it was all going ahead and the bikes you know a little bit of money not much you know it was more of a bonus kind of program um and it was sick it was going to work good i could get my own sponsors you know have relationships with people that i could have relationships with like you know that i wanted to surround myself with um like you know sam um you know all these other guys you know my mechanic porthy um everyone and it kind of I, they sent the contract through and it got dragged out and I said no to all these you know I had a bit of a Yamaha thing kind of lined up like a little satellite like a privateer deal um, on the cards and I said no to all these people and because I thought I had Suzuki because it was kind of my best deal and I wanted to be Suzuki's rider um, anyway they sent the contract through I signed it but they didn't sign their half I sent it back next day everything got flipped they flipped everything and then they said that you know the bike has to be done this like it, the bikes in my contract said they come from suzuki australia but then all of a sudden the bikes had to go through a bike shop and the bike shop had to put it on their floor plan so it puts pressure on the bike shop and then all this other shit got involved and like all this other shit got changed too and eventually though i was trying to make it work um i found a dealer and then they come back to me and they said oh no sorry it's not there no more and I had nothing because I said no to everyone. And how long was this before the nationals? Uh, this was, this would have been, I think the, like this contract thing all happened like probably start of February. And when's the national start? Uh, was the 16th of March. Okay. So I had a, uh, it was probably middle of February. And then um, I was ringing people trying to make things happen because I just got nothing and like mm. they just said no. Nah they couldn't even offer me bikes anymore and i was like well they're like oh we can offer you bikes at um a price and i was like i got no money that's that's the point of you know the the bonus program and everything because i've yeah. got no money i'm it's broke and um anyway I was, like, you're coming off a pretty good supercross season really yeah like i like last year i missed i actually missed one two rounds last year um with supercross and i still finished eighth in the championship yeah which is like still I don't know how but it did um and I so I was trying to search any, like trying to search for something and see what options I could get bikes and that's what basically what it come down to I was just trying to get bikes at this point and no one even had allocation to give me bikes no one um I had a little bit of a thing lined up with Honda but we couldn't come to we couldn't like come to an agreement because I um it just wasn't going to work. We just couldn't make... Like, we couldn't meet in the middle. It just didn't work. Yeah, it seems like with um, Honda, you've got to be fly city or Yeah, whatever. basically. Like it just, it's so restricted. Yeah, and I just couldn't... I couldn't make it work. And yeah, it's no, like no... Nothing yeah, no, against them. Yeah, like... I was like... I'm appreci- like, I appreciate them willing to, you know, put something out there to help me. Um, but yeah, it just didn't come together. But that got dragged out for about four weeks as well. Yeah. So then all of a sudden we're start of March and I've got no bike and I'm sitting there going, what am I going to do? And I was sitting there, I wasn't even going to go race round one. Um, I was going to go work and try and get ready for Supercross. But doing that, everyone's already done their deals. Like the riders, the teams already have their eye on riders by the time Supercross comes around. Like the deals are already half in motion. So there's no spots uh, left when it comes to Supercross. so then you start working, you start getting mates at work, you start fucking going on the piss with mates that are working, and then you, you go out time, and then next you, thing you know, and you got some chick from fucking from cool and pregnant, and <laughs> that, 
Um, the helm. No. <laughs> what's the what's the um what's on the other side of the highway to call them? <laughs> um, where all the fucking scruffies live. Oh, Nambor. One of them chicks. You got, got one of them chicks pregnant. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then last minute, like it come, I I actually saw like Paul, um, Paul Barrick from MPE and he sponsored me like all my life with suspension and everything. And he said, oh, you know, if you need a hand, let me know. And I was like, oh, okay, no worries. And I was trying to make something happen. And then I was like, oh, I'll ring Paul, you know, see, see what he was you know, getting at if I needed a hand. And um, he's basically gone out there. He got a bo- he got a bike for me. Um, and this was like eight days out around one. And I was like, and I had people, you know, that were high up in the sport, telling me I was crazy to go around one. And I was like, no, nah, I'm going there. Like I'm going to go there and just whatever happens happens. I'm going to be on the start line. And for my sponsors, it's not even for me. It was for my sponsors and you know people that um, you know help me. I'm going to go there and do it. And I went there and I was lucky. It was mud because I had done we got one moto it was 20 minutes so I was like oh yeah I can do this <laughs> and I'm actually good in the mud too like I qualified third and everyone was like whoa and I Who's was just guy? like yeah, yeah I was just like yeah that's right like still here bitches and yeah. then um, <laughs> and then yeah I was I was actually in third for a few laps of the race like I was in third for like all the way up to like kind of there was like two or three laps to go um, and I dropped it at the top of the hill, like on my tabletops going up the top. And I just slipped out. I actually slipped off the back of the bike because there was that much mud on my seat. Really? I couldn't hang on. Um, and I had my legs off paddling and I grabbed a handful and just looped it. Um, but yeah, I ended up fifth in, in that. And I'm like, I'm glad that I went there now. Um, yeah. Like I'm pumped. And then, you know, after that, I was just like, because I just literally went there and I was like, if I'm inside top 10 a good day like that's yeah. that's it's good points and i could do that like i know that i could be inside top 10 um and then yeah i've just been trying to build from that and you know the next two rounds were good um i actually surprised myself at one thaggy because that's a tough track and it rained a lot and we done two thirties there that day um and i was actually whatever i've been doing in the off season um like i've been training my ass off i didn't have a bike but i've been training my ass off off the bike um and what i've been doing is obviously was obviously working yeah, because dumb, i went to, uh, shit. yeah i went to one thaggy and i was um i yeah i was fit uh, like as fit as you know everyone else that was out there and i was actually surprised like i didn't really hit a brick wall or anything i was charging till the end um but i just like i had bike problem like my bike was overheating and i pulled in the mechanics area because I was like, what? I was actually in fourth, and I pulled in the mechanics there and I said to my mechanic, "So what do I do? Like, my bike's gonna blow up." Because I was only, tw- I was like probably 15 minutes in the race, 20 minutes in the race, and he said, "Just keep fucking riding the thing. If it blows up, I'll buy a new one." But like, I was thinking about the second motor because if it yeah. blows up, um, I don't you have don't a bike. Have a spare, yeah. yeah. So I was like, I'd, "What do I do?" So we're trying to clean out the radiators, and I was in the in the pits, like in the mechanics area for f- like 55 seconds or something. And I still ended up getting um, like 10th or no, like 8th in that moto. Yeah. So I like made a pit stop, everything, still got like inside top 10. And I was like, man, like I'm actually not that, I'm not that I'm not far that behind. Bummed, yeah. yeah, I'm not, and I'm actually not that far behind than what I thought I was like with my fitness and stuff. And then Broadford, like I felt good at Broadford. I got good starts. Um, there was a couple of things that I lacked like intensity on the first lap, but I was like top five all day. Uh, super pole again um and yeah i've just I, i've got one bike it's a one bike i'm just driving to the races driving home 
So and you're practicing on your bike, you race yeah, as well. The thing's got 60 hours on it now, so and it looks mint. Yeah, and coming Minty. in, coming into the second half of the season. So, and wasn't wasn't Sam like giving you money for fuel and shit? Well, yeah, Sam gave me Sam. So for Murray Bridge, I, um, I yeah, for Murray Bridge, I had someone to take my bike for me because I was like, man, I. Not driving that. I so and I'm wearing tear on my car. I was like, I can't, like, I can't do it. I can't afford tires and shit in my car. So I was like, oh, I'm not gonna. Like, I'll see if someone can help me out and take my bike for me. It's only one bike, and I had someone, um, lucky enough, um, the roof. <laughs> can you take my bike? I got one bike <laughs> and and a set of T bars, and that's it. And I was like, buy enough. a gas can when I get there. <laughs> yeah, basically, no, I can't afford. No, you that. borrowed that too. Yeah, yeah you can't afford that. Um. Yeah, I had some of our family take it for me, the Rowe family, and um, Sam paid for my flights, which was sick. Um, and then mum had to come with me that one just to help because it was double head, double header. So um, her her flights went on the credit card, and she's meant to be uh, meant to pay me back for him, but I'm still waiting. But it's alright. I don't know where she lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's what you were saying at lunch that um, that you pretty much like just doing this whole season on a on a credit card and if it doesn't work out you're just going to get a job and pay the credit card off that's exactly right so yeah I've got a I have people that you know um, I have people that were that helped me with you know financially that while you know it's only a little bit um, but basically it's run out like that money's only goes so far when I'm going to Melbourne here there back everywhere Um, I basically run out now Um, so what I've got is a credit card and um so it's like i've got a loan basically for the rest of the year so i'll just keep whatever i need i'm trying like you know i'm trying to use that and that'll get me through um and then if nothing works out at the end of the year um i'll go get you know get a job and pay the thing off so it's kind of like i'm you know i'm taking a risk but you need to be all like in motocross like you need to be all in or you know you're all out and i'm not going to go do it half hard like half half-hearted um i'm not going to go try and work a couple of days a week and then try and race at the same time because you're never going to be able to compete you know with even you know like nato like he's training all the time every day um whether it's even on a rest day he's still training and you just can't compete with that um when you're trying to work and you know ride and everything you just get too run down um so you're never going to beat those guys doing it um so that's why yeah i've like i've just my my focus is purely on motocross um you know, I'm doing it on a budget. I live at home still, which is good. Um, it you know, costs me fuck all. I ride private tracks, so it doesn't cost me yeah. $50 to ride QMP Dude, that's like and when shit. was living at ours, man. Like, fucking the money he spent on tracks. I was just like, dude, this is bullshit. Yeah. Like, and everything's hours away. Like, yeah. You oh, there's just nothing travel close. fucking 10 minutes up the road to ride fuel like, and everything. Yeah, like, for me to go from You're sunny in the coast. car all day. Yeah, and for me to go from, like, sunny coast to Willow Bank and then home, it's a $100 day. It's $55 to ride and then it's $50 in my, like in diesel, really. And then, you know, some money, I might buy lunch on the way home, let's say. It's easy, a hundred bucks. It's probably over. Every year. And then you ride three or four times a week. Yeah. Yeah. Ends up being a $500 a week just, just, just just to ride. Yeah. So I'm trying to do it on a budget, like ride some private tracks and stuff like that. Sometimes it sucks. It's fucking, it's not prepped. I'm not riding a prep track all the time. But like we said earlier, you know, I don't, find the benefit in practicing on a prep track this we don't race on a prep track um so i feel like i've like i've got a little program work like i'm taking a risk and my little program is kind of working um it's kind of a shame i got sick there with my bridge but i feel like i'm good now um and like i said everyone i don't feel like any 
I feel like everyone's going to see the best of me in the second half of the season, which is yeah. we're coming into now. And like honestly, like me and NATO, we've been putting in the work these last couple of weeks. So um, hopefully it shows in the second half. Um, but like with the both of us, because yeah, with, when he wins, I'm going to be the first one there to give him a high five when he goes across the finish line. And it's cool that that seems to be like more of a thing these days. Like you get guys that are, you know, like Kenny and Adam. Uh, kind of got that yeah. relationship going it's like you mm-hmm. get a guy you know like a rabbit to chase down yep. on a lights bike um seems like there's a, a lot of dudes doing that eh? yeah, yeah. It, it works because he you know he's on a 250 but it keeps me on my toes he's you know he's still fast he's fast as he's one of the best lights riders in the country and when he's at his best so i put him up there with some of the best lights riders in the world um, so it's good to have him. He, you know, he's keeping me on my toes and he's good off the bike as well. Like he's hard worker and everything like that. And I'm a hard worker. Um, so I think that at the moment we're working really good together. Um, and yeah, hopefully it benefits the both of us coming into the second half of the season. And, um, yeah, it's good because, you know, you can train and you ride on your own all the time and stuff like that, but you, you fall stuck in the groove. Yeah. You just fall into a rut. You know, you, you, you don't know, you, you don't, if you don't have someone there, you don't know if you can go faster or not because yeah. you know you him there. You might and then be, when you've got a down day, then you got someone. Yeah, you, you still don't want to get beat. Yeah, and he's and he's you know kick my ass and you know telling me to hurry the fuck up or something like that. You know as well. So it keeps yeah, like I said, it's keeping me on my toes and it's good. Have you had a season like that before where you've been training with a dude on four fifty as much as you have? Yeah, two thousand and fourteen. I did a year with Jake, and he was on Jake Moss. Moss yeah, yeah, and he was on four fifty riding for Cowie. Um, it was right before he just went into his big long list of injuries that he's just kind of gone through. But um, yeah, it was sick. Like pretty much just doing the same thing as like what Jesse and I are doing at the moment. We just pretty much lived with Jake. Um, and yeah, we just rode, trained together, ate together. Fucking the only thing we did was not sleep together. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, like everything, man. I did everything together, and fucking, I was like, I did some pretty bad shit that year, like like good wise obviously my results were sick and then that was the year that i went to swan hill as a um uh wildcard rider in the 250 class i, I was a under 19s rider oh and okay so you were still to, under 19s yeah i was under 19s and went to swan hill and um moved up to the mx2 class just for one round and won it it was fucking bizarre but it was sick and like i do I do agree with like you that's, fall into um, a that, rut or that's, something. That's when you're on that cheetah bike, eh? Yes, two fifty two show. There was plenty of them that year, though. <laughs> um, yeah, I believe like it's happened to me before. Like I go to the track and ride by myself, or not by myself, but don't have someone pushing me or have like a character chase. Yeah. And I remember one time it was actually Todd Water's dad. We were at Stanmore, and I was just out there riding by myself and just. I felt like I was gone. I felt like I was riding good, but then he come out. Um, his dad come out and pulled the pit board out for me, and then started like I didn't ask him to. He just did it, and then he, I started seeing the times, and then the first lap. I remember the first lap. I, he pulled it out. Like I think I, it was like a one one minute seventeen lap time, and then I ended up once I could see the times and chase something or push for something. I ended up getting it like dropping like two seconds, three seconds, yeah. just because I had something and I could see what i was doing and you know like you know had something to gauge off and yeah it's just like it's the same with training as well like if you're riding and training by yourself you're like you might think you're pushing hard but if if i got jesse pushing me on the cycle or pulling away from me on the cycle it's like i'm 
fucking not gonna let that happen do you know yeah. what i mean so you push a bit harder so yeah and it, it's good too like I, I mean i find in my training like today i was i just felt i just didn't feel that good i didn't really mm. feel like training to start with and then you get there and then by the time it gets to sparring it's like you you know you know the pecking order of the gym like i know who i can beat i know mm. who um shouldn't beat me no. like you kind of know and then you roll with someone that like they really shouldn't beat me but then they just start putting it on you and you're like well whether i want to be here or not i need to get this fucking dude off me <laughs> yeah, like, yeah you know so it's like i think that it's in those days where you don't really feel like training then that's where it's like makes a big difference because it's like as a competitor there's a part of you that's just you just don't want to like, get beaten or, yeah and like i knew i didn't feel great today i knew i wasn't on my a game i knew all that stuff and i still did not want to let Mm. a guy beat me that i don't think should beat me yeah he goes way too high eh? ego bro <laughs> yeah and i mean but it's like that's what you need as a competitor Definitely. like unfortunately yeah. like and i mean especially with what we do with you know it's a martial art and they talk about no egos and stuff yeah. and it's like i don't have an ego against the person that i'm competing against but it's just that personal competition of like yeah, yeah. this is where the that's level is. is and i'm not holding my if i drop a standard then i'm not keeping myself accountable I, that happens to me all the time like it happened I, it was only just last week like i was out practicing and i had my mechanic with me that day and he was on the pit board or whatever but i was out there all day and i was moto and and jay wilson was there too and we were moto and together and like you know you can gauge or whatever and it gives you something to push for whether he was quicker than me or i was quicker than him that lap or whatever and i remember i went out um, to do my last moto and I'd actually thought Jay left to go home and I was out there by myself riding and I'm like I felt so shit even though I had Teasy there like telling me my times and that I just felt so shit and got bored and I was like track was fucked I was like over it and then I was only 10 minutes in and then I'd fucking out of the corner of my eye I seen Jay was out there and then I was just like fuck I don't want to get I feel it's shit on. I don't want to get my ass kicked here yeah so then I just all of a sudden I was just like I piped up and I was fucking going again it was good it was weird but I was it's just fucking crazy how that shit works hey? like it's, just just, a, it's just a mental game yeah, yeah. the whole thing is you, you know your, your body's gonna do what your brain tells it to yeah and I think that there's a, there's definitely times where you re, you think the opposite where you're like oh well, I can't do it because my body's not mm. letting me do it but it's like you know you've always got more than what you think you do. You think, yeah, yeah. Sure. that's like the like there's an old like navy seal rule where they like navy seals basically like if you go okay now do um do as many chin-ups as you can and then it's let's say it's six that's like your max and you're like fucking hanging off the thing and you're dead you're like i cannot do one more chin-up then their their rule is that they've all figured out that over years of navy seals being spit out of their program is that you've always got 40% more than what you think you do. So if you did six, then you can actually do 10. Like yeah, physically sure. it's possible to do 40% mm. more than when you quit initially. Mm. Yeah. And that, that's, so that's just standard for everyone. So I've been trying to think about that a bit lately when like I'm getting tired and been training heaps or I want yeah, to skip the last sparring session. More. You're like, yeah, you still have 40%. I don't, I don't know if we had 40% after this last, last week. Think, wait, think about it next time and, and let me know. Like, if you are cooked, you know, doing a moto and then just tell yourself like, all right, so that's, I'm at 60%. Let's, let's do the rest of this. <laughs> well, like cool on Wednesday, I done, we done three twenties and like they were motos. That's three, hard, man. Three twenties at cool. And then Ben Shadell come over and he's like, oh, last ride, do you want to do a 30? And I was like, 
oh. we're already three motos deep here. and we're like yeah right tracks rough and we went out there and we busted out of 30 at That's the end the of the day and that do. was like that but any other day like back in the day i'm like i probably just would have packed it up at 20 like but like after the 20s but now like at the moment as well i keep trying to remind myself this is mine and nato's pre-season right now like we didn't get a pre-season because yeah. he was injured and this is us now like where all these other guys might be just maintaining but like we're got we're our head down and we're yeah we're tr- we're catching up now and i i don't want to just play catch up like i want to pass everyone too so yes yeah um yeah we're not doing we're not definitely not doing 60 percent. i don't think not either fuck spiders yeah well this yeah, week, we're not fucking the dog yeah, this, like, we're definitely getting after it yeah <laughs> like yeah this week and that's what even paul barrack said to me he said um make sure you have a few days rest eh? i'm like yeah no like yeah yeah i said you can't rest and be the best yeah so, no, that's true <laughs> um so who are the people that are helping you out this year i just want to give you a chance to shout them out before you wrap this up well i've got um paul barrack without him i wouldn't even be you know from mpa i wouldn't even have a bike so um yeah massive shout out to him and then you know everyone on top of that i've got you know gary um from bell um, legend yeah he is a legend and then um yeah gary from australia and then everyone you know over at unit um mx stores come on board now too which yeah, is awesome, awesome dude. they're helping me a lot and then um you know pingali trucks um they're a family friend of they've been a family friend for ages and um very good people yeah jake and his old man um man without them i wouldn't have got through this first half of the season so um yeah them um samuel and he he, he repays the pengelis by putting their heads on his butt patch yeah i do that do (laughs) that but then yeah mr fist himself yeah, <laughs> <laughs> AKA the glove lord the glove lord sam um yeah without he, he's been the help too and he's always stuck behind me so um him um well he's the reason you're on here he just said to me he's like dude why don't you get jesse on he's having a sick year and i was like dude i should for sure get him on to come do this so he is a good man but yeah. um no yeah him um you know nine two decals um my mate mick from there he's helped me out heaps as well you know even just not just with stickers like just being there for me and it was pretty dark at the start of the year so um yeah he's been a big help and even with guidance wise um so yeah massive shout out to him as well and mum um mum's put up with everything with this this year and washing my dirty gear and trying to help when she can and then juggle two other boys and then have this stinky guy in her house as well um she but loves having me at your house more it, than it, you do yeah i know and then even like you know the I feel like that with jats and me yeah <laughs> i reckon <laughs> i reckon Jake's that dob would replace him with me anyway for sure. 10 times over no way so. you can't cook oh, i can uh, yeah <laughs> um and then so what about you how are you going this year oh uh, yeah not too bad like as jesse said i had like we both had no preseason. like i was like i had to really push the doctor to let me ride before what was your injury so i broke my leg well i broke i broke oh, my leg across at, yeah, yeah, cool. was, was yeah in front of me yeah yeah that well sucked. i broke my leg there and um that was one of those fucked crashes man oh, like, that was just the so worst awkward, eh? i can put that down to the shittest smallest crash yeah. i've ever had and it's given me my worst injury i thought you did your knee when you well did it. i did so oh, okay so i broke because it looked like you did your knee i broke my um tibia but at the very top so like oh yeah the 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 i completely mangled the knit my knee joint mm. um the whole thing was like wrecked and like my meniscus was like jammed down in the bone like in a part of my bone oh. and like 
it was a long surgery and like got some dirty scars from it and um like i can't still right now it's not 100 percent. like well it it, it is good but like it, ride, but yeah it's, it's more than good enough to let me ride but it's like like my range of motion and that in my knees just not 100 percent anymore yeah. and i don't think it will be anymore um did you have surgery on the meniscus yeah i had to get it all reattached everything like how yeah, they get right. it all fixed so because mine's cooked in my knee at the moment yeah I don't oh, know. have fun with that i've oh, done a meniscus <laughs> yeah it's like so, i can't bit like so i i can straighten it but i can't bend it all the way fully closed see i can't even like i can't fully lock my knee out and like coming back's pretty good i can't fully lock it out but like hyper extend so but anyway um yeah so the doctor i was like ringing him i'm like man i got a race he's like when you got a race and i'm like got a race on 17th of march or whatever and he's like oh yeah and like i was um i was in coming towards the end of feb and i'm like fucking i still had i still had like it was like four weeks until my next appointment and my next appointment was like like four days or like a week the week before round one i'm like i can't wait that long um and i was cycling in that real early like i was really pushing the limit with without trying to hurt it anyway i ended up ringing the doctor i didn't even go and see him i rang him on his personal number and i said dude i really need to start riding like fucking it's getting to that point now and he's just like um he asked me a few questions i went and got an x-ray and obviously the the bone had fully healed for a while but it was just like range of motion and shit like that and he said all right yeah all good like i'll give you a clearance he cleared me and i rode but i could only so i rode four times before the first race and i could only ride so like if i rode on a tuesday i'd have to take wednesday off and then ride thursday then i'd have to take friday off and try and ride on the weekend because my knee would just couldn't cope with the workload like i remember the first time i tried to ride like usually pre-season for me or whenever like or even just when i'm healthy like i can ride three days in a row and mm. feel fine you know what i mean like i'm obviously cooked but i can do it you know um so the first week that i got back on the bike i tried to ride two days in a row and just could not even my knee just couldn't handle it like couldn't fucking do anything i got to the point where i'd jump a big jump land and half cave on one side because mm. like my, i just couldn't you know anyway yeah i freaking i've gotten through the first five rounds it's been rough but i've gotten through it and had a few problems and um issues um a couple like i've had one bike malfunction but that was out of anyone's hand um but yeah now like as jesse said like we've just been what me especially and and himself i've been using this as pre-season like full Mm. grinding um and it's been good and i feel way better like it's just like a confidence thing too like Mm. For me now, my head is at a different place than when I went into the season. Because I remember, I remember, I'd rock up to the races and I'd be like, "Fuck, I hope I can just like top five. Like, are we yeah. having the top you were, five? You were already beat. Like, yeah, you were I just was not ready. Defeat. I was yeah. not ready. But now I'm like, and the dude's a good man. Like, look at how good Wilson done. Like, he's yeah. got a top ten, you know, and like the hardest series going in a lights mm. bike. So man, and like, like the level's good here. And yeah, I I say this all the time, and people probably think i'm crazy when i say this but you know i if you bring any of the lights guys over here you know even if you bring the top one of the top five um out of the ama the lights guys if you bring them over here they would have a hard time beating these guys like if you bring even if hunter come back here like you know hunter's good and everything but it's beating these guys 
like on their tracks he yeah. would have a tough time like these guys are good it's, well you look at Maddie, you know like it's not yep. like Maddie just automatically comes Came back here and smokes him yeah that's right Supercross I think is a different story yeah, yeah Supercross is definitely different um, but you guys don't get to ride real Supercross and those guys ride it they're they're flipped for they're, they're flipped on us like yep. we we go to a motocross track and that's our thing we go to a Supercross track and it's like you know that we gotta we're still learning like mm. you know still learning getting better at that where they turn up to a, a supercross track and they're like fucking done so yeah, they, they're, they're like they're, they're, yeah. they're there they know what's yeah. going on three laps they're doing every section yeah yeah they're riding supercross eight months of the year we're riding motocross no we're riding supercross two months of the year three maybe max so um but yeah that's just why there's like this they're so good at supercross and we're probably better at motocross oh not better but like motocross is our yeah we think our thing yeah the yeah. time so yeah. well um good luck for the rest of the season boys thanks Ace, for making the drive yeah. up to do it thanks hope for you, having hope us you on. had a good time no thanks for having us bit of, bit of shit talk so yeah it's good good bench race bit of, for a bit of banter bit. yeah yes. a little bit That's of banter right. oh fucking makes me think of love island oh, oh. connections this oh, that i just don't <laughs> have banter it. with him yeah. <laughs> um all right yeah well thanks very much for coming thanks uh to our sponsors uh the homies at uh mx store oh got uh didn't drink my beer um still a little bit earlier and i might train later i always got one there just like, just in case like you know the, op- the option is always yeah there. the option is there for yeah. you um but yeah thanks to the guys at mx store thanks to the guys at rival inc uh working on a new gypsy tales kit um that people are going to be able to buy online which i'm pretty excited about i'm going to be decking out our screaming eagle for the day in the dirt um thank you to the guys at nobby underwear from the sunny coast nice uh, we've got a bit of nobby love here um and thank you to the guys at boost mobile um so yeah you, you know where everything's at for that it's all in the show notes and stuff so appreciate these boys coming uh I'll be following what you guys are doing at the next round. Fucking gimpy. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully uh, yeah, hopefully the boys can uh, both put it on the box. Win. Be, yeah. win. A box, win. A box would be good for me. Yeah, box, box and a win. I win, always yeah. like box. Yeah, box is always the uh, a good option. So, um, you can say whatever you want on this podcast. <laughs> that's fucking sick. Um, yeah, there's no one here that's going to... You can't really get in trouble here. Uh, unless someone fucking has a problem, then it's your problem. Team manager yeah, exactly. Yeah. going off <laughs> so right. I don't have a team manager I'm just my team manager tell Gav to text me you <laughs> yeah. still write for Circo don't you yeah yeah just tell Gav to text me um, <laughs> shout out to Gav righto <laughs> cheers um, yeah cheers for cheers for coming and uh, thanks everyone for listening it was good like, there was some cool shit in there yeah. to, to talk about with just different insight that you boys yes. have um, so yeah hopefully everyone enjoyed it thanks, thanks for having us thanks, thanks for having us cheers boys <laughs> <laughs>